0: Gather round, and I'll show you Edith's trousseau. Where is Edith?
1: Fallen asleep in the drawing room, curled up like a kitten.
0: Well, we can use you as a model, Margaret. Bring the Indian shawls over here, dear. So many shawls. The General gave them me for my trousseau. I had them ready. I was certain Edith would marry before she was 19. And I had, one might say, a premonition on the night Edith met Captain Lennox. Ruby... Pomegranate. Oh, yes, Margaret. Now, stand under the chandelier while we adjust the draperies. Smell them, aunt. Spices. India. Snuff it out. Oh, I, I shall sneeze. Are okay. they actually from Delhi? Now, you have to remember Margaret is taller and doesn't have Edith's figure, but you can get the general effect. My daughter had set her heart on
2: an Indian shawl for her wedding, but when I found out what an extravagant price was asked... Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
3: Good evening, Mrs. Shaw, ladies.
0: Oh, Henry! <laughs> I have so many questions. The wedding <laughs> breakfast. I can't I an answer order. for
2: my brother. Oh, are you to be a bridesmaid?
0: <laughs> no. Well, sure Edith would. has asked for the Lennox's
1: sister. Besides, I'll be on my way home to Helston. I a... Do I know Helston? I doubt it. A village in the New Forest where my father is vicar. Mm.
4: Oh, the oh, kitten oh, has woken up. up. Mm. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs>
3: Good evening, Margaret. Sit down with me. I had some legal business in Harley Street, and I thought I might as well call here on my way home.
1: And you see, we are in the very midst of ladies' business. <laughs> I not feel these fringes. Silk, soft.
3: The shawls suit you better than Edith.
1: Do they? Such a
3: whirlwind here.
1: trousseau, the wedding breakfast, (laughs) writing invitations. Are these necessary, I wonder?
3: Of course. Forms and ceremonies must be gone through to stop the world's mouth. (laughs) But how would you have a marriage arranged?
1: Oh, I've never thought about it. I'd like it to be a fine summer morning and to walk to church through the shade of trees.
3: Margaret! Bring Mr. Lennox this way. Father. Ah, the autumn air. I propose the pear tree under the south wall. There's a bench beneath the tree where we can listen to the bees. Oh, Mr. Hale, I must... Uh, Margaret, wait. I want to walk to the end of the garden with you. Shh! The deer by the wicker gate. Such trees. The garden is a nest in the great forest. Oh, it's gone. Amber leaves... Blue sky. Ah.
1: We also have rain, Mr. Lennox. Henry. And our leaves fall and grow sodden. But I agree. Helston is as perfect a place as any in the world.
3: You seem so calm and happy here.
1: This tree is my favourite. Look at this pear. Bronze and gold.
3: I've been hoping for three months past to find you regretting London. And London friends.
1: I'd like to paint this pair <clears throat> on a
3: beetroot leaf. Margaret, kindly listen. I have thought many times...
5: Please. Let me
3: take your hand. Oh. I do not have much to offer as a barrister. Nothing but prospects in the future. But here, here is one who loves you, Margaret. Almost in spite of himself. Have I startled you? Speak.
1: I have always thought of you as a friend, Mr. Lennox, and please, I would rather go on thinking
3: of you so. But I may hope that sometime you will think of me as a lover. I can't answer as you want. Not yet, I see. But sometime. There's no hurry. I don't give up. Please release my hand. You should make allowances for the mortification of a man not given to romance in general, prudent, worldly, some people call me, has been carried out of his usual habits by force of passion. Let's
1: forget this conversation took place.
3: I see. Of course. As your feelings are so decided...
1: I'm taking this pair to Papa.
3: Ah, oh, Henry. Come and sit down with us. Thank you. I'll stand. I've just peeled this. Will you have a piece? Oh, where's my knife? we are sitting on it now, Papa. You see, Henry, my days of eating fruit primitively are over. I must pare and quarter. Ah, so.
1: I must go and see if Mamma wants help with the
3: tea. Yeah, and if you'll excuse me, I must go directly to catch the train back to London. Prior engagements. Well, I think we'll excuse you, won't we, Margaret? I... Please convey my compliments to Mrs. Hale for the luncheon. Goodbye, Margaret.
4: Mrs. Boucher were telling me of a new mixture for consumption they were selling in markets.
1: It's street. not
3: consumption.
1: It sounds like Consumption's what ladies get, who have too much idle time. You know what this is? It might not be. Of course it is, Mary. I sound just like Mamdy. Don't say that! I can feel the bits of cotton in my chest when I breathe.
4: You won't die, will you, Bessie? I'm not afraid of that. I am.
1: it be much better than here.
4: Heaven has green fields and woods. And birds singing. Oh, yes, but they're getting there. <coughs> You'll never cough up the fluff. You should rest your lungs. It's the smoke. these cooked. The potatoes. Oh, you never put them in the fire, Mary. How else do you cook them? In a pot. With water. Drop them on the flags, quick. How am I to know, Mamland, you to cook? I would do little. Oh, I'll be home. I'll do some more, won't I? Open the door for the smoke. And then next door I'll know <coughs> all about it. <coughs>
3: Let us pray. For what we are about to receive, may the Lord.
0: Make
1: us truly grateful. Amen. Amen. What is it, Papa?
3: Some fresh air. I'll go and see if the post has come.
0: He walked to the very extremity of his parish yesterday. You should see.
1: There are deep pools of ferns in the forest just now. The proximity of so many gloomy trees affects one's health. Mamma, you are too much indoors. We could walk
0: out on the common, in the sun and air. If we only lived on the other side of the parish, we'd at least be in walking distance of the Gormans.
1: I don't like shop people. I like cottagers and labourers. I have spent ten years in London society, and no one
0: has the natural Not grace. Not so of- much jam, Margaret. Young Mr Gorman is very handsome... And his family are highly respectable coachmakers. Dixon? What is it, mrs Hale? Polish the finger-glasses this morning in case we have any more unexpected lunch-guests. Yes, ma'am. Oh, if <sighs> only we'd had more than cold meat to hand when Henry Lennox called. Mamma? No, no. When your mamma was your age,
2: there was silver on the table at every meal. Sir John and Lady Beresford insisted that all their wards ate with them-a formal dinner. Oh, they had the best manners in Wiltshire. At 19, I was soon to be married. Oh, pretty, Miss Berries. but married <laughs> to a parson. Such a
3: surprise.
1: A man of your heart, Mama. The leaves
2: on the porch caught the
3: frost, yes, see? Yes, yes,
1: and has the post come?
3: Yes, a parcel for you. <laughs>
1: from Corfu. <laughs> it must be from Edith. Save the paper, Dixon. It's one of her Indian shawls. And a letter. It's silk. Is it silk? Huh? Dear Edith, oh, what does she say? It's so hot. She's hardly any need for shawls. Um, Captain Lennox has been offered a post in Corfu, so they will stay on after the honeymoon. Oh. Um, they've taken a villa on White Cliffs above the sea. <laughs> Their duties seem to be mainly dancing.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thornton, come out on the stair.
3: You want to replace all the looms in the building. Yes. And you want to install vents
6: to draw off fluff from the weaving floor. And the spinning floor. It means reconstructing the end wall of the warehouse, also part of the roof. Well, I'm having the chimneys altered to consume their own
3: smoke, so you'll be up on the roof anyway. You could wait another year until Parliament decides on the new factory regulations.
6: It's not yet certain that all these changes will be compulsory. I did not bring you from London to ask you how to spend my money, sir, but whether you can take my money and make these improvements.
3: we take our path through the beechwood
1: there are so many views I want to paint before the winter sets in uh,
3: Margaret I have some serious news Frederick uh, no news of Frederick sit here with me we must leave Helston
1: Eve Helston? Has the bishop offered you a new living?
3: A cathedral town? He has. But I can no longer be a minister of the Church of England. Papa. My doubts are too great.
1: Doubts? As to religion? No.
3: Doubts as to the nature of the Trinity. If I were to take up a new living, I should have to reaffirm my vows. On my conscience, I cannot...
1: I never wrote this in your
3: letters. I can always decide better by myself, not influenced by those I love. God will show me the way to serve Him in the world. There have been other dissenters. Dissenters? So I have written my letter of resignation to the bishop. No! What will become of us? Some months ago I wrote to Mr Bell in Oxford, my old tutor, asking for help. He wrote back that he's found me an opening in Milton as a private tutor. In the north? Mr. Bell still owns some property there, having grown up in the town, which is now very prosperous, Margaret.
1: Couldn't we live in some very quiet part of the south of England? My mother still has some money, doesn't she? We
3: cannot live on £170 a year. Besides, she sends £70 a year to Frederick while he's abroad.
1: Yes, he must have that.
3: So I will preach my last sermon in a fortnight.
1: So soon? What does Mama say?
3: Poor... Poor Mariah. If I were not married, how much easier this would be. This will be
1: such a shock. You must tell her!
3: Would you very much dislike breaking the news?
1: It is a painful thing, but it must be done. You... have many painful things to do, I suppose.
3: I'm going to brace a common tomorrow. I shall not be home until tea. So you have until seven to make the announcement. Well, let us pray that God will show me the way to honour him.
1: Can we still pray together?
3: Oh, Margaret. Of course.
0: (sighs) Mama, please may we have the window closed
5: now? The smog's creeping up. John's coming across the yard with that engineer from London. He's not stopping for tea, I hope. There's no fire lit in the dining room. Mm. I should like a visitor from London. Oh, there, now. A cab's arrived to take him to the station. It's only a short walk.
1: May we have a fire lit in here? Oh,
5: Fanny dearest,
1: take this shawl. It's my fingers. I'll never manage these scales with my hands so cold. Give
5: me your hands. Oh, goodness, my darling. A vigorous walk every day would get the blood flowing.
1: Walking makes me tired.
5: It's a wonder you persevere with the dancing classes. But one day you said we shall have a party. Did I?
0: Yes. For Milton men. (laughs) Margaret, now that the weather is turning, we must attend to the poor in the parish. I have some good red flannel to take to poor Susan and her mother. We must visit everyone. We may not be here long. Do you feel ill, my darling? Oh, it's this soft air.
1: Oh, no, it is delicious air. Freshest, purest, most fragrant
0: air. You look pale. Oh, mamma, we are to leave Helston. Who has been telling you such nonsense? Papa, he is going to leave the church and we're going to live in the north of England. It is all arranged by Mr Bell. Calm yourself. He would surely have told me before it came to this. He has already written to the bishop. What? Why? To say his conscience will not let him remain a priest. Surely he does not mean that, that he knows better than the church? Oh, dear... Darling mamma, come to me. Oh, when did he tell you? Only yesterday. To give up his
1: living without consulting me? He knows you are not strong, and he hoped you might be glad to leave Helston and move to Milton. To smoky chimneys and factory people. Papa can teach there.
0: Mr Bell has found him a good opening. If your father leaves the church... We shall not be admitted to society anywhere.
6: I received a letter from Mr Bell today, Mother.
5: Is it time to renew the lease on the mill?
6: No, no.
3: Um, He writes that um, a friend of his is coming to Milton offering private tuition in Greek and Latin.
6: uh, Mr Hale.
5: I've no doubt the classics are very desirable for men such as Mr Bell, who live a lazy life in a drowsy college. But Milton men ought to have their minds on the work of today. Who is Mr Hale, John? Is he married?
6: Yes, he is, Fanny.
5: Eat a little more of the stew, dear. A man can always better himself, Mother. It will only be for a few hours per week. All we have attained could so easily be lost. I heard that hampers have an order from Chicago that will keep them in work all winter.
6: Well, Chicago will be coming to us next year.
5: The cost of updating the looms is already more than our profits, John.
6: The entire bill will be paid for by an order from Dieppe, which I received
3: this morning.
5: The continent?
3: When? An order to commence in a
6: fortnight with a final delivery next November.
5: A year's work.
6: So, I've taken out a loan on the strength of it. John. how could you borrow? We must speculate to expand.
5: Your father wouldn't have killed himself had he not speculated wildly. Please, mamma.
6: I am not gambling, Mother. And this is a bank loan, the security being our deposit with Mr Bell, our landlord the worst that could happen is that we can lose our tenancy of Marlborough Mill. There can be no public disgrace. But there could be ruin.
3: Margaret, come and sit by the window and see the spires of Oxford. Shh!
1: Mother has fallen asleep.
3: There, see? Across the water meadows.
1: Plymouth College. Oh, such soft honey-coloured stone.
3: Can you imagine your papa as a young undergraduate? And Mr. Bell from Milton, punting down the river in the summer and earnestly debating St. Augustine.
1: I wonder you could ever leave such a place.
3: Of course, Mr. Bell became a fellow of the college. He's lived here ever since.
1: If he recommends that we should live in Milton, why doesn't he?
3: It's too bustling a city for Mr. Bell. Though I dare say he's grateful for the income he receives from his mill property. Is it far now? Several hours north. All right, Boucher. Hard day. How's the little one? Not feeding so well. She's a grizzler. The train going over always wakes her. Oh, well, they soon grow and run round us.
4: Dad, Dad, don't come in.
3: Oh, hello. What a welcome. Night, Higgins. Night, Mary. I
4: burned the potatoes again. Don't come in just yet.
3: What? Stand out here in the rain? Why are we stopped? Is this (sighs) Milky? It's a viaduct. The train is carried over the workers' dwellings below. Those are houses.
0: I can't see. It's too dark.
2: A great many oblongs and all brick, Mrs. Hale. Ah,
3: oh, look at the size of that warehouse, Margaret. So
2: many chimneys. Why are all the windows
3: blazing? Well, factories work by night as well as by day.
0: Who would wear cotton that can afford linen? Good morning. Yes?
6: I'm looking for a Mr Hale who I believe is renting this house.
1: He's gone out to make arrangements with the landlord. Are you Mr Thornton? Yes. Won't you sit down? You... These are not really our parlour chairs. The removal men didn't know where to put them. This house is so much smaller than the parsonage. Please, sit down. How do you do? Oh, yes. I'm Mr Hale's daughter. How do you do?
6: Fair, I think. I heard he had a daughter, but I imagined she was a little girl.
1: (laughs) And I did not imagine a Milton tradesman to be so young.
6: Milton men are not tradesmen.
1: Are they not?
3: No, we are manufacturers.
1: I apply the word to all who have something to sell, but if you think the term is vulgar, I won't use it. Speaking of vulgarity, don't you think the wallpaper is hideous? Blue and pink roses with yellow leaves. Fancy overloading a house with such colour. And those heavy cornices.
3: How do you find Milton, Miss Hale?
1: The streets are very long and straight, don't you think? And the houses so much brick. And the folk? Not over-polished.
6: Ah, Mr Thornton.
3: (sighs) I see you've already been introduced to Margaret. she introduced herself? (laughs) My dear, the landlord will do nothing about the paper, I'm afraid.
1: Perhaps I can cover it with
3: some of my sketches. Mr Hale, I should not have recommended this house. Oh, nonsense. Sit down. The landlord told me that Crampton is on gravelly soil and by far the most healthy neighborhood in Milton. So we have you to thank. Will you join us for lunch? I have business to attend to.
0: And what of Miss Hale?
3: Oh, she has a cold, serene face. Ivory skin. The lips are full and red, but hardly move when she's talking. As if not to disturb the curve.
2: The curve?
3: Well, a figure. Throat. Head. It's all one haughty curve. Why no one has ever made me feel so discomforted in every limb. (laughs) London
5: manners.
6: They're from Hampshire, Mother.
5: South? What of a dress, John?
6: A dress, Fanny. It's very plain, dark silk, without any trimmings or ribbons or... Flounce?
0: And she
1: received you alone.
6: Spoke to me very directly.
1: And a bonnet?
6: Straw, but of good quality and shape. Oh, and an Indian shawl that hung about her in folds, as if she was an empress.
5: Take care you don't get caught by a penniless girl, John.
6: I'm not easily caught, more than you know that. Besides, she
3: looked at me with such contempt as if I were an unwashed vassal.
1: Of course I spoke courteously to him, mamma. but I was tired.
3: They had quite a conversation. This is the street, my dear.
1: I'd hardly call it that. Mr Thornton gave such short, abrupt answers.
3: Very much to the point. Clear-headed fellow. How old? I don't know. I hardly looked at him. Oh, I should guess about 30. And handsome. A
1: tall, broad-shouldered man, with a face neither plain nor handsome, nothing remarkable.
3: Not vulgar, Margaret?
1: No, no. A face of resolution and power, as if carved in marble, with a straight brow over deep-set eyes. I would not like to have to bargain with him.
3: This is the house, Mariah. So small. Uh, Three bedrooms.
1: Three? Mama, I have planned it all. Dixon can have the back sitting room. She always complains about stairs. I'll take the back bedroom. The front room upstairs will make a cheerful sitting room. There's a pretty view over the plain and the canal. And you can see the hills beyond Milton.
3: And for 30 shillings a year, this is the best we've found.
1: Now, before we go in, Mama, let me warn you that the wallpaper is a little...
4: colourful. Hey, don't shove my <coughs> sister. There's no problem pushing that way when we're going to her. I'm sorry. She's not strong.
1: <coughs> I said I'm sorry. <coughs> Is there a fire? <laughs> no. That sounds nice, you have coming off. You better watch yourself. I'm trying to get to town. You're out early, for a lady. I used to go walking at dawn in where I come from.
4: What are you after? Sorry? Looking for.
1: A kitchen maid. Well... We'll do laundry, too.
4: <laughs> You'll not catch any of us lot giving our lives to in. You can earn double at a mill and call your life your own. Is that where you work? I used to work at Ampers. Go <coughs> on, oh, Mary, take my hand. Our <coughs> mum died of the same, so Dad says I'm not to work at Ampers. <coughs>
0: I've up your here. Don't worry. I this lace.
1: It was made in the village I come from. Oh, Mary... Mary might get work at drapers. Shh, Bessie, that's only fancy. Oh, I thought silk ribbon.
4: Yes, be careful. Are you caught in? No. Why? It's cape. It's wool. Cotton wears better. And it's only sevenpence a yard. Oh, up,
6: well, here, oh, well,
4: here they come.
3: Good morning.
6: Where's
0: dad? Dad?
4: <coughs> dad? <coughs> here, you forgot your dinner.
3: Who's this wench?
4: Dad, here's your
3: peas. You're Bonnie. Isn't she Bonnie, Mary? Bonnie. Mary.
4: No, fine clothes can
2: make you. It's wool.
3: It's your eyes I'm
2: looking at.
3: Excuse me. I tell you, lass, your face has cheered up my whole day. Dad!
6: Now, let me draw it for you. The steam compresses in the
3: chamber here, hmm. which drives the pistons. So. Ah, uh, yes. Like we had water wheels in the new forest, of course. Oh, this system can turn thousands of tons of raw cotton.
1: Papa. Oh. Mr Thornton.
3: Come in, my dear.
1: I don't want to interrupt your lesson.
3: John is giving me a lesson present. Have a look at this. Uh, my daughter's sketches, you see. It's nice, a crude diagram.
1: The steam hammer.
3: It's the genie in the bottle, Margaret. The great power of steam, with the strength to transform tons of raw material compressed into a tiny vessel at the beck and call of one man.
6: It is material power yielding to science, Mr Hale.
1: Shall I light the lamp? It's getting a bit dark for reading, and it's not good for your eyes, Papa.
3: You look very rosy. Come and give me a kiss.
1: I've been walking.
3: <coughs> I declare you're the only person who seems to bloom in Milton. Your mother has gone to her bed again today. Perhaps you could. I'll go and sit with Mama for the afternoon.
6: If you don't find Homer too heavy a companion, please stay.
1: Homer has been the backbone of my education. Although I prefer Plato.
6: Well, in Milton, we don't rely on dead people's books to get home.
3: We're about the business of today and tomorrow. now, now, you enjoyed Homer. You said the heroic scale inspired you. Arkwright inspires me. Any working man in this town may have gigantic thoughts and if he rules himself soberly, may rise to be a master by his own exertions. I see now why Mr. Bell finds Milton so intriguing. To an Oxford philosopher, you are a new breed. You have a responsibility, John, to make Milton a new society. We are making a market, Mr. Hale, a world market. The cotton mill owner has this immense power over wealth, and, of course, human lives. The battle is
6: fairly waged between masters and men.
1: Why do you see it as a battle? the
6: hands do themselves. Hands? The workers.
1: Do you see your workers as your enemies, then?
6: Anyone who is unsuccessful is my enemy. Why? They have lost the battle with indulgence. That is the real enemy, squandering time and energy. Nature must be harnessed by science and made to work, whether it is the raw, crude materials that we feed into our furnaces or a man's energy and desires... They must be disciplined. This is the principle by which a man succeeds or fails. And it is how Milton is
3: taking command of the world. Yes. One can feel such a force of energy in this town. There is
1: a hardness in people's faces here that I don't understand.
3: No, you don't understand the North,
6: Miss Hale.
1: In the South we have our poor. But they don't suffer so. This kind of suffering breeds violent feelings. I have met some workers... And there is bitterness and anger in them. I
6: see you excuse them. Blessed are the poor. No,
1: but their
3: circumstances It's
6: their responsibility. Is it? Not mine.
1: You who have so much power.
3: They labor for you for ten hours of their day, you told me. Yes, but this does not make me
6: responsible for their souls, Miss Dale. But
1: you are totally dependent on them. How? They are your workforce!
6: If they fail me, I can employ new hands. You sound as if
1: you despise the poor.
6: Poverty comes from weakness of character.
1: Some people are not strong. They are part of us.
6: We all
3: stand alone. Let me tell you a little of my own life, Miss Hale. My father died when I was 15, and I was obliged to become a man in a few days, as best I could. I took employment in a draper's shop where I earned 15 shillings a week, enough to support my mother and sister.
5: How sad. And your poor mother.
3: I am blessed with a mother who is a woman of firm resolve. Since childhood, she showed me obedience to duty. I silently thank her each day for the early training she gave me. We managed the money carefully, and I put by three shillings a week. This is how I learned self-denial.
1: And the money? This was to set up Marlborough Mill?
3: No. It was to pay off my father's debts. A Homeric voyage to success, Mr Thornton. But there was
6: no luck or fate involved. Merely habits carefully learned.
1: And your mother's support. It is touching to hear you speak of your love for her.
6: She is a woman of iron will.
1: (laughs) Excuse me?
3: Oh, it's Miss Eyes in a marching cape. Miss Hale. Oh, is that right? Mr. Higgins, me, and this is Bessie Higgins.
1: Afternoon. <laughs>
3: where have you been? Over the moors.
1: I like to walk, though the hills are rather bare.
3: And all that I've seen, thee haven't I? Marching along between the mill girls, brecking the stream with your bonny cape flying out.
1: I like to see wide open space. What are those flowers? So white and pure, snowdrops. I found them by a stone wall where the snow had melted. Here, have them. Oh, thank you. She'll have these where I'm going and lilies And shining robes Where's that?
3: Now Bessie, don't talk so It's her fancy
1: It's written in the Bible There'll be green fields and Who, <coughs> cool, alas? It will be spring here soon Spring or summer will do me good i <coughs> too far wasted <coughs> What part of Milton do you live in?
3: What's that to you?
1: That's my way of saying I should like to pay you a visit.
3: You're a foreigner, aren't you?
1: From Hampshire.
3: Well, I'm not so fond of having strange folk in my house. But you're giving my wench here flowers out of your own hand. You may come if you like.
5: Number 9 Francis Street. You'll not forget. I have not yet absolutely decided to go, John.
1: I was so looking forward to... Very well, Fanny.
5: But I see no point in making up intimacies with all the teachers in Milton, John. Why, you'll have us visiting Fanny's dancing master next.
6: so I would if he were friendless and in a strange place. I will order our carriage and horses.
5: A cab will do very well. I'm sorry we're going by
1: cab, Mother. For last time you suffered a headache from the jolting. I didn't complain of one. No, but you never complain.
3: I'm going upstairs to dress.
5: To dress? For tea? Hi. Oh, I'll fetch my new bonnet. John? What? Do I look. I mean, do you think this black silk will be sufficient?
1: Have I had your caps, Mamma?
5: My daughter, Anning,
1: in order that we entertain a tradesman. I don't mind helping, Dixon. I am born and bred a lady, even when I'm scouring the floor. As for Mr. Thornton being in trade, he can't help that. I don't suppose his education would fit him for much else.
0: They're here. I don't know what I shall talk about to a manufacturer. Uh,
3: Well, he's he's tackling Homer with great zest. He has some grasp of Greek and Latin, though he left school at fifteen to work in a draper's shop. People, do you hear, Margaret? Yes poor people not so long ago. Mr Bell told me that for many years the Thorntons lived absolutely on water porridge.
0: I do wish we had a little more than a rented house in which to entertain. For Margaret's prospects, you know.
1: Mama, Mr Bell owns Marlborough Mill. The Thorntons only rent it, so we are perfectly their equals.
3: The Thorntons. Come in, come in. I don't suppose you (laughs) recognise the room, John? No, indeed.
6: Less harsh, a great deal more...
1: Soft. Someone changed
5: the wallpaper. We believe it was the
1: landlord, though he denies it.
5: Good afternoon. Is it... uh, You must be Mrs Thornton. Yes. The Thorntons of Milton. Ah. (laughs) I know manufacturers are not heard of in London unless they marry a lord's daughter or go into Parliament.
3: We're delighted to make your acquaintance.
5: And I am very curious as to the position of a family who live in Milton, yet are not engaged in trade.
6: Mrs Hale, my sister, Fanny.
0: I'm so pleased. Gracious, the air affects you even more than me.
3: Oh, it's the unparliamentary smoke.
0: John always speaks as though it's only my fancy
3: that I'm ill. Let's all sit down, shall we?
0: We have a fine view of the plain, but quite obscured today by this yellow fog.
5: Have you seen any of our factories? Our magnificent warehouses? I dare say Papa would take me if I was interested. So much noise and dirt. I remember
0: once going in a lilac silk to see candles made, and my gown was utterly ruined.
5: Very probably. I merely thought, as strangers come to reside in a town that has risen to eminence by its manufacturers, you would care to visit places unique in the kingdom. I am informed. If Miss Hale changes her mind and condescends to visit my son's mill, she will see spinning in its highest state
3: of perfection. Mr. Hale, is this the edition of Plato you meant me to buy? Oh, now, if you reach that shelf, the one above, John, yes. Now, that's a better translation of Plato. I want you to prepare the first chapter of the Republic for our next lesson.
1: Look at the vase, Mother.
0: How pretty. Trailing ivy. And so many books.
5: They take time to dust. And time has to be paid for. Dixon, will you pour the tea? Yes, madam. Do have one of our coconut cakes.
0: Margaret made them. You cook? I've been helping out. I rather enjoy it. So hard to find good servants.
5: <laughs> On a limited income, yes. You know I have great difficulty.
0: You don't have a piano. We
1: sold it. I couldn't bear the days without the piano. Do you dance? Oh yes. Do you know there are no men who can dance in Milton? No men our age. What do you think of my brother? I suppose he is handsomely
5: built. What's that, Miss Hale? A mother cannot help but be interested in others' opinions of her son. Yes. You have every reason to be
1: proud of your son's success, I gather. You gather?
5: From whom do you gather? He told us something of his life philosophy last week. Really? My son has little time for philosophy. No, indeed. He said as much. Then you contradict yourself. Is this the talk of idle and fashionable circles? I was merely observing. Mr Thornton has earned a high, honourable place among the merchants of his country. Not by birth, but by his character. But
1: he is a man born of exceptional iron will, wouldn't you say?
5: Miss Hale, are you trying to flatter me? Why? Hoping to win me over in case you have plans on my son's heart? (gasps) A thought never occurred to me. <laughs> Young ladies have before now. <laughs> Fanny, that's some cake. I've been watching from Miss Squab every day. Don't raise yourself, Bessie.
1: Father said, out of sight, out of mind. Shall we just like the rest oh. of them? But I said you was different, didn't I, Mary? washed <coughs> up. I was scrubbing our <coughs> <out> clothes. <coughs> oh. oh, 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 Mary! Oh. Might as well scour the flags now. Mind yourself, miss. <laughs> Look at your frock. Oh, to rest my eyes. I never knew why the folk in the Bible cared for softer raiment before. It's different from common, isn't it? Is it? And how have you been keeping Bessie? Oh, better. I'm not better. I used to think when I worked at Amper's day of doing nothing would set me up, but now that I've days and days of idleness, tired out. Why, why? I lie here and wonder what my life's been. Not worse than others. Only I fretted against it. Surely you believe that God gave you life, and ordered what kind of life it was to be. Is it all upon for? to work our hearts and lives away in this dreary place with them mill noises in me ears forever till I could scream for them to stop and the cotton fluff twisting in me lungs so I thirst to death for clearer (coughs) Now mum gone I can never tell her I love her do you want to die? I want, yeah. when I've been for an out, I've wanted to get up high and go far away, where I can see for miles, and breathe long and deep. I used to go up on the White Commons, I sit on the heather, and there'd be no noise but one lark, high oh, in the air. Where was that, Helston? Well, tell me about it. We lived in the forest. Oh, how I wish you could see it. The great standing trees making a shade, even at noonday. The fullness of leaves rustling, and beneath, turf, soft as velvet, and tinkling brooks. Mary? Shh Dad, look at Bessie, and mossy banks. And violets growing on the mossy banks, and billowy ferns in green shadows golden sunlight streaking
4: across
3: them. Enough. I'll have no more this kingdom of heaven poured into her.
1: Father?
3: Aye, I'm home, Bessie. Shh. It's all right. Lie still. Afternoon, Miss Hale.
4: Pardon our dad speaking gruffish. He's vexed because he said you'd never come and visit us.
3: Mary, run and fetch some tea leaves for Mrs. Boucher. You did? Young woman, you're welcome here. Not if you preach what you know nought about.
4: But surely you
1: believe I believe
3: in what I see and no more. That's my creed. It's not hard to fetch, nor hard to work. Put her arms round my neck. That's it. I'll carry her up to her bed.
1: Good night, Bessie. I'll come again very soon. Mama?
3: All right now, Bessie. Wench? Yes? I wish they were a god. If only to bless thee.
0: Dixon, will you draw the blind? No, it's me, Mama. Oh, I called for Dixon?
1: May I help you this morning?
0: Very well, Margaret.
1: It's a fine May morning. A ship is coming up the canal.
0: Such strange winds in the night. They bring on my dream of Frederick out at sea.
1: Frederick is safe in Spain, mamma.
0: How can we know? He never replies to our letters. But
1: it's too dangerous for him. Oh. What is it, mamma?
0: Oh, I pray that one day Frederick will come back. I know that is wrong of me, because it would endanger his life.
1: Even after nine years? Yes. Will you tell me one day the crime he committed? One day. Shall I leave you now,
0: or shall I help you brush your hair? You may stay, if you like. I would like.
1: Such thick, glossy hair. Why, you have longer hair than I, mamma? Now,
0: don't lose the pins.
1: Do you remember when we were small, how you would brush our hair some
0: evenings by the fire? Frederick was the sweetest-tempered boy. Mischievous, but always so patient. He loved living things. He used to watch the nest in the pear tree until the eggs had hatched. That is why it is so hard to imagine... Did he kill someone? Why, no. A sailor was killed on a ship where Frederick was an officer.
1: Then what was his crime?
0: His crime was to cause a mutiny in the British Navy. A mutiny? Go to my little Japan cabinet in the drawer. Yes, it's there. They're all his letters. Which one? Bring me the top one. The ink is very faded. I know it by heart. This is the only record of Frederick's side of the story. The captain of the ship, Captain Reed, was a man of no patience, a man of unbending demands on his men, a tyrant... He threatened the sailors with horsewhipping if they did not go up and down the rigging fast enough. Well, one day, a sailor who was weaker than the others was so afraid of being hindmost that he leapt from the rigging to the deck, injured himself horribly, and died. As an officer, of course, Frederick should have said nothing. But as a gentleman, he could not let that go. He stood up against Captain Reed, and a mutiny broke out. It is punishable to this day... Mamma,
1: I'm so proud of him. Obedience to the law is
0: all very well, but it is a finer act to stand out against power when it is unjustly and cruelly used. He escaped in a boat to South America for the first few years. In the eyes of British justice, he is a common criminal.
1: In my eyes, he is a hero. Now
0: you have something of his spirit. Such a fine-looking man. Mamma? It was in all the newspapers, wicked things. He was called a traitor, a disgrace to the British Navy. My son! I never sent you the cuttings. You were living at Harley Street. What would Aunt Shaw have thought?
1: I don't believe she ever reads the newspapers.
0: (laughs) Mamma, does it cause you so much pain? I wish... Some nights, Margaret, I'm afraid, I will not see him again in this lifetime. Why should that be? Mama, I do pray. Put the letter away now. Mama, let us write to
1: him and ask him to come home. Can we? Surely he could come home now and stand trial, and the courts, when they hear the true story, they will agree he is an honourable man. Papa
0: has always said it would be unwise. Then I suppose we should not. Papa has gone out to give a lecture. Oh. Margaret, fetch my writing paper and ink. Mama, don't. You're shaking. You write it, then. If you get it in the noonday post, why, Frederick could be here in 22 days.
6: Good morning.
3: Another rainy day.
0: Yes. Last week I thought summer had come.
3: Mama is taking her breakfast in bed again today. Yes. Who's the letter from? Edith. Ma. Ah.
1: can't believe it's already a year since she's married. And? She has a baby son there.
3: Splendid. You don't look happy about it,
1: Papa. I don't think Mamma is well.
3: <coughs> Nonsense. What makes you say so?
1: Careful, you've the milk. Oh, well, Mamma's so patient and quiet nowadays. None of her former temper and complaining.
3: Precisely. She used to suffer such headaches at Helston, and be alarmingly pale. But now she's a bright, healthy flush, just as she did when we were courting. It's the flush of pain. I'd be the first to notice if your mother was ill. But if you want, send for a doctor today, and he'll set your mind at rest. Thank you, Papa.
1: I'll go and read this to Mamma. Margaret? Yes?
3: Does Maria, uh, your mother, ever talk of Helston? No. There, yeah, see, she's not pining in the least. I've no doubt the air here is not the best, but spring's here at last, eh? So we can banish all morbid ideas. Hmm? Come and give me a kiss, my dear.
1: Papa, does faith help the dying?
3: That's a large question for breakfast time. Besides, you're growing too morbid. I don't like it.
1: I have a friend, you see. She's not going to live long, and I try to give her comfort.
5: Good morning, Mr Higgins.
1: Not at work? Ah. Are
3: you unwell? Do you think the likes of us takes a day off if we're cranky? No, there's only one reason for sitting by the fire with my pipe on a weekday. (coughs) To dang the Masters.
1: It's a strike. Last one our mum died.
3: Aye. That one was badly managed. This time our plans are deep. And there's been profit made these past few years and we're entitled to it. We'll not go back for less than the ways that the union is asking for.
1: And how long will that take?
3: However long it takes to break the will of the mill owners.
1: But I mean, how will you live without work?
3: Well, the union provides. That's why we pay our dues each week. When the time comes, and the time is now, the union can feed us all for a month.
1: Nicholas, why don't you discuss your demands with the masters?
3: <laughs> You're a foreigner. The only thing the masters will hear is the silence when we take our hands off the looms and walk away. They
1: must have their reasons.
3: All they talk about is state of trade and there being no profit, which is a bugaboo to frighten us as if we're naughty little children who are to be good and take what we're given. No, we'll talk to ourselves in the union and decide what we want.
1: And what if after a month... The
3: masters can't afford to lose trade beyond that. We have the stronger position.
1: <coughs> Dad, the pipe smoke is choking me. Right,
3: I'll be off out the house then.
1: I'm afraid he'll turn to drink again. You can't prevent him. He'll always do exactly as he wants if he's anything like the other Milton men I know. Thank
2: you, oh, that's yeah. to
3: be expected. Thank you Doctor.
2: Oh, Miss Hale. Doctor
1: Donaldson, come into the drawing room with me.
2: I'm showing him
1: out. No! This way, Doctor. Gracious me. Now, you have to tell me, Dr. Donaldson.
3: Miss Hale, is it?
1: Yes. I can nurse her, you know. I'm not afraid.
3: Your mother seems to have a very competent servant.
1: I'm her daughter. And her only child in the world. Here, that is. You must tell me if she's... Has she got... Is she dying? I'm strong enough to take it.
3: That is not under question. However, your mother expressly asked me to keep it a secret...
1: I am not good or patient enough to accept that, and you are too wise not to tell me. Huh.
3: Well? Well, the answer is yes.
1: Yes. Yes. <gasps> oh, poor mamma!
3: I'm sorry, you... Uh,
2: Will she you... suffer much?
3: We can't tell. Medical science has... There are things, opiates, we can alleviate the suffering... Your father...
1: is not strong enough to be told yet, of
3: course not. No. Perhaps you can prepare him in small ways? Yes. And I'll be coming regularly. I understand you have few friends in Milton. I um, saw Mr Thornton. He spoke to me of your father's situation, coming here last year, and a sudden change in fortune.
1: I wish we had never left the South.
3: Yes. Well, your father no doubt thought it best for all of you.
1: No. I don't believe he thought of all of us. What is it, Dixon? A formal
2: invitation, just delivered. And is it necessary this minute? Well, uh, I couldn't help but see. It's a dinner invitation from Mrs Thornton. From Mrs Thornton? To us? I thought your mother will be so pleased. Why don't you take it up to her?
0: Mama, are you asleep? Can you close the window now? The breeze. Mama, it's me. Let me hold you. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Poor child. (laughs) Dixon and I thought you'd shrink from me if you knew. I wish I'd never gone away to Aunt Shaw's. All those precious
1: years lost. I used to cry myself to sleep, Mama.
0: I was so afraid you'd forget my face when I was away. And I was afraid you found our passing like a poor comparison to Harley Street, all our make-do-and-mend teachers covered over us ottomans. But Helston was my home. Oh, to think I prayed to leave Helston all those years, and now I am rightly punished. Mamma, you mustn't think like that. We have some time together now, and...
5: Oh well, I'm hungry for <laughs> oh, oh, <my> oh. <laughs> The Hampers, the Slicksons, Mr Horsefall, the Morrisons and the Colinbrooks have accepted. The young's are out of town. Macphersons accept and the Hales accept. But only father and daughter. Mother's too great an invalid. I'll invite Mr Watson in her place. As we can see, twenty two Mrs Brown declines. Oh,
1: dear. And she plays the piano.
5: Sarah, will you take the bag off the chandelier and dust it?
4: Yes, Mrs Thornton. And the chairs?
5: Leave them sheeted up until tomorrow. And leave the muslin over the carpet until this afternoon. The sun comes in here occasionally. Fanny, why are you prancing about? You see, Mother, if we roll the carpet up, we can easily have dancing in here. Oh, Fanny. Dancing is an indulgence. I'm a pudding!
0: A huge blancmange! Don't jump on the bed! (laughs) See how it billows out when I move!
1: I can't possibly wear
0: pink gauze. What about the green silk?
1: Oh, no. Aunt Shaw gave me that. I believe it's a cast off.
0: Well, at least hold it against you. Mm. No, you're right.
1: It'll have to be the white silk that i to to Edith's wedding.
0: It may have yellowed or be too tight. Oh, Mama, I've not altered that much in a year. Oh, dear. You know, Members of Parliament have dined at the Thorntons. Mama, stop worrying! <laughs> <laughs>
6: Are
0: you certain you don't mind me leaving you for the evening? Oh, of course. I want my daughter to look beautiful and be admired. Mama. Kiss me. Oh. <laughs> You won't get out I this. shall be fine. Just notice for me, dear, what they have in place of the game courses here in the north. What a clanking
1: and groaning it takes to spin cotton. Do you think they'll be dancing?
3: They must live behind this factory wall. He has a gate.
4: What oh, a house.
3: Black with soot.
1: After dinner, I've planned some singing. I had hope for dancing. You look lovely, Fanny. Are those diamonds? Yes, but look at you and your Indian shawl. It's far softer and more beautiful than my brother described. When was that? Oh, there's Mr Watson.
6: Good evening, Miss Hale. I'm sorry to hear that Mrs Hale was unable to come.
1: She thanks you for the invitation. Papa
6: and I are pleased to come. Your father is a very interesting man, Miss Hale.
1: You enjoy his lessons. Have you begun Plato?
6: Yes. You admire the notion of a republic, do you?
1: I'd have thought you would, with your principles for a just society with honest leaders.
6: But our hands, workers, are not ready for it. They displayed a condition of children.
1: Perhaps you would have enjoyed Plato more last week before your children decided to disobey and turn out.
2: entertain beggars. I've come urgent for Margaret. Tell her it's Mary. Miss Hale has gone out to dinner to the Thorntons of Marlborough Mill. Why she would. She's a lady. Yes. What did you want? Bessie my sister. She's dying and she's
4: calling for Margaret. We don't reckon she'll last till morning. What on earth makes you believe that Miss
2: Hale would pay a visit to your hovel? Oh she does. Regular. She's Bessie's angel. Take a
4: message. Uh, Miss, your potatoes are boiling over. Oh, yes. I know about potatoes.
5: Those peelings, are you keeping them? No. Could I take them home with me? They make good soup. So in a few days you'll see Milton without any smoke, Mr Hale.
3: They are striking for higher wages, I suppose.
5: No. For the ownership of other people's property. The hands want to be masters and reduce their masters to slaves. Every few years they try us out. Does it make the town very rough? Milton is no place for cowards. I remember one strike. Mackintosh was besieged in his mill. The men said it became out that of his blood. It needed a woman to push through that swearing crowd and warn him, and so I did. We were trapped in the mill and I went up on the roof where there were stones ready to throw at the crowd. I lifted one up and would have thrown it, but I fainted in the heat.
6: We may actually have to lower wages. certainly can't afford our eyes.
5: Can't you
1: explain to them your reason? That you expect bad trade ahead. Miss Hale,
5: do you give your servants reasons for their wages? As a matter of fact, we don't have. Owners of capital have the right to choose what they do with it. There are passages in the Bible which imply that some of us are stewards and have duties. How much do you know of wages, capital and labour? I'm not a political economist, it is true. Mr Hale... I should like you to make a better acquaintance with Mr Hamper. Take my arm, please. Of
3: course. And I see you frowning after them in the mirror, Miss Hale. What are you thinking?
4: I'm
1: trying to recall what Henry Lennox told me about the unions. Who? Oh, a lawyer friend in London. I don't care for that Mr Hamper. The way he spoke at dinner about working people, I don't think he is much of a gentleman.
3: (laughs) I should hope not. Why? A gentleman describes someone only in relation to others, to class.
6: Hamper is a true man.
1: Perhaps my gentleman is the same as your man.
6: A man stands in relation to himself and eternity. A man must have strength to be complete in himself, much like a castaway.
1: Why... God made us mutually dependent upon one another.
6: I never think of myself in relation to others or I should be lost.
1: Such an isolated position must be hard to maintain. How? To stand so apart seems to me jealous of your fellow man, as if you were afraid of being trenched upon.
3: How is your mother, Miss Hale?
1: She is not getting better.
3: was oh, sorry to hear. <laughs> if there's anything I can do...
1: Thank you, Mr Thornton. That is very kind.
2: Oh, Mr Hale, Margaret. Dixon,
3: what on earth is the matter?
2: Come in quickly. What? I've sent for Dr Donaldson. Mama. I thought she was going an hour since the spasms were that bad. Dixon. Oh, she'd never have left her. Wicked daughter I am. Oh, sir, I thought she'd died.
3: Died? Let me go to her. Margaret, what's happening? What is it?
2: Mama. Mama. were terrible, Mr. Hale, so
3: I called out Dr. Donaldson. Spasms? You acted wisely, Nixon. I wish I'd
2: never gone to the Borgsons' party. How could I leave for my poor evening? I was with her the whole while,
3: Miss oh, Margaret. Margaret now, don't cry. Goodness me. Mama was fine when we left. Perhaps it's one of her headaches. Ah, Mr. Hale. Uh, good evening, Dr. Donaldson. How is she? I suggest you come in alone for a moment, sir. Very well. No.
2: Papa? You wait here, miss. Now, don't be alarmed.
3: Mariah. She's dead. Sir. Let me go to her. Sit down, sir. Your wife is not dead. I can't see her breathing. It's the effect of the opiates I've given her. Opiates? Pain relief. She was in such pain. Yes. The disease has taken hold now. For the next few months, these spasms will increase, I'm afraid. It's more painful for you to see than for her to bear. They will generally pass by the morning. A disease, is it? She may live for another year, but you must prepare yourself for the fact that it may be a matter of weeks. Mariah, hold her hand, feel the pulse is there, but weak. Doctor, does Margaret know about this? Yes. She never told me. Uh, Miss Hale acted under my instruction. She's twisting her face. What can we do for her? Uh, there's little we can do. I recommend a water bed, so that Mrs Hale can lie comfortably. I don't know how to find such a thing, but perhaps Margaret... Uh, the Thorntons know. have one. Uh, Mr Thornton would be glad to help you, I'm certain. He speaks highly of you and the lessons you give him. Doctor, I brought my wife to Milton because I left the church. Left the South... The soft air of Helston and now I'm afraid it's killing her. The air, the smoke here. Could it be? I know she's not been happy we here. We know little about the cause to of lose this disease. Oh my God. Be a man, sir, and a Christian. Have faith in the immortality of the soul which no disease can touch. Faith. Now, Mr. Hale, you must get some rest yourself.
1: Hello, uh,
3: come in, Miss Hale. Is she Mama? Your mother is sleeping peacefully now. Margaret. Oh, Papa. I'll ask your housekeeper to sit by Mrs. Hale for the night.
1: No, I'll stay by her.
3: How could I not have seen this? Shh, Shh papa. And you must sleep now. I'll come every day now. Dr. Donaldson, your fee, what arrangement shall we make? Well, that has been settled by Mr. Thornton. oh no I cannot allow that. he has insisted, as a friend.
6: Oh. quiet! quiet! this is the spinning floor. the machines are operated by women. There's work for some of your children picking up fluff from under the looms. There are 40 machines. Mr Stockdale here is the overlooker on this floor. If you are unfamiliar with any operations this morning, ask me. Any breakages are to be paid for out of your wages. What about us? I'll take you down to the weaving floor in a moment and show you the looms. Men are also needed in the cutting room, and there's unskilled work, carrying bales and unloading wagons. We'll go to the yard, last of all. You may walk there in brakes. The factory gates will only open for cotton wagons to enter and exit. No one is to leave the mill premises on any account. <laughs> it, is for your, it is for your own protection, the Milton Strikers... May be violent if they see you. you got us here, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. You came here for the work. You start at noon today. The next delivery for the app must be ready in a fortnight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What at risk of our lives? Here, we can tell about. (laughs) Let us know! Let us know! Listen, (laughs) listen,
6: Quiet! I'll promise you, I'll safeguard your lives. It's not worth it for two weeks' work, (laughs) is it? Then. Then. Four weeks. I'll promise you four weeks' employment. And if the strike is still on, I'll employ you through September. Have we your word on that? My word, and I'll put an extra watch on the gate. Keep this side of the wall and no harm will come to you.
4: How will we sleep at night? Quiet, Quiet, woman! Quiet!
6: What is this
5: unruly noise?
6: Mrs Thornton here has organised your accommodation. Your
5: sleeping quarters will be on the top floor of this warehouse. Babies can be left there during the day if they are swaddled. And victuals! I'm supervising your meals. These will be provided at 6, noon, and 6 in the storeroom on the ground floor.
0: Margaret, wake up, dear.
5: Hmm?
0: Curled up on my chair like a kitten. Mama, how are you feeling? I'm very well. Come in. Mariah,
2: how are you? Oh,
0: I've had a wonderful deep sleep, my dear. (laughs) Good morning, Mrs. Hale. Uh, Put it
3: down on the floor here, Dixon.
0: What's this box?
3: For me? Delivered this morning. With your name upon it. Lift the lid. Watch the nails, Margaret. A
1: lot of straw and... Oh, what are (sighs) they?
3: Oranges. (laughs) Oranges? Spanish oranges? Yes,
1: indeed, Mama. How clever of him. Who? Why, Frederick. He sent them as a sign that he's received
0: our letter. Oh, do you think so?
3: Of course. Here's a note.
0: Let me see. What does it say?
3: Twenty two days.
0: Oh, (gasps) Mamma, you shall see him soon.
2: Master Frederick, after all these years. (laughs) There,
3: Maria, this is better than any medicine. (laughs) What shall I do with the oranges? Give me that one, Dixon. Here, sir. Now, where's my pocket knife? One must cut so. Oh,
1: the
3: scent. And now, my dear, fresh orange
2: segments.
1: (laughs) Here now, try a piece of orange. I'll save it for Mary and Dad. I've brought some more, Bessie. Try this one. It's that sweet. It will help your fever. I can't swallow... (coughs) (coughs) Oh, you're pretty safe. I've not eaten these two days... There's only bread left, and I can't. I wish oh, we'd
3: never turn down. <coughs> oh, you'd grub along on our miserable wages forever, would you? <coughs> Miss Hale, this is our neighbour, Mr. Boucher. You'll take us as you find us today.
1: I always do, Mr. Higgins. Dad, she's brought us some oranges. I wish we'd never
3: joined the union. And who else would have provided for you through the strike? The allowance do not get eight of us through oh, the week. Sit down by the fire, man. The union gives us. An... the union? They've made us hold out past injury. We'll win. We've all turned out now. Hampus, slicks, and Thornton. You said four weeks and the Masters would give in. So I did, and with three days to hold out. Thornton won't give up. Aye, Thornton's a
6: bulldog. A
1: bulldog?
3: Once he's set his teeth, he'll not budge. Though I expect he's a gentleman to you.
1: I hardly knew him.
3: Well, even Thornton can't afford to lose any more trade. You say Thornton sent for Belfast weavers. We're honest workers and honest strikers. If Thornton is cheating, then the public will stand by us, not him. There's a gathering going to Marlborough Mill today to see if... A what, Boucher? Just to show our faces, to see if we can smell our. If Irish we blood. raise one fist, we're danged! You know the union rules, peaceful and honest means. The Jack won't sleep no more for crying out with hunger. Let
1: me give you something, please. I've got my purse.
3: Don't you come interfering. I've got something on my own put by if it comes to that.
1: I'm afraid he's been drinking as he can't smoke in the house no more because of me. <coughs> I won't live out this strike like man before me. Here,
3: gimme. Don't cry, man, here. Go and buy the little one a supper milk. If he dies before we get our 5%, Go on.
0: Dad, have you been... Bessie, stop
3: mithering me. That was
1: kind of you to help him out.
3: Kind? We've got to win.
1: He's a Christian, though he'd never say it.
3: Voucher's a weak chap. He and his wife don't manage their means well at all. Not all folk is wise, but for all that we must help them through. Bessie, you sleep now.
1: Last night, I dreamed the gates of heaven opened and all the folks dreamed through... <laughs> That's my father It's a bottle top Give it me, I was rolling it I don't know how you can run about in this heat Where are all your playmates today? They're to keep indoors It's quiet, isn't it? I can't get used to the mills without all the clattering and smoke Where are you going? I'm on an errand to ask for a bed for my mother, who's poorly Can't you sleep in your bed? <laughs> this is a particular kind A water bed I'm on an errand too Are you? Why are you blubbing? Oh, my mother's not well. Are you going into Thornton's mill? Yes. Are you one of them Irish? No, why? Dad sent me on lookout. Margaret, did you walk here? Alone? Yes. Or did you see them? Who? The strikers. No. Mother said to keep the blinds down, so they can't see us if they break into the yard. Who? They can't get into your yard. That wall and the high gates. They'll batter the gates down with their bodies, Mother says.
5: Oh, I can't breathe. John's gone across the yard to lock the Irish in the warehouse or they'll be torn apart by the strikers. Those foolish women are crying to go home. Goodness, Miss Hale, what a moment to visit us. I called to ask
1: your son a favour. He's busy. What is it? Dr Donaldson said you have a water bed and might be prepared to lend it to us for my mother. What's that?
4: Sarah? Miss Thornton, the crowd are climbing the back wall and
5: coming into the factory yard. Well, Open the blind, Sarah. Are you sure? Sarah? Yes, ma'am. Mama? Mama! Honey, keep back from the window. Oh, the beast. The front gates will hold. They're wild. Your oh, mother will be killed. It's John's blood they want.
3: Mother?
5: John, they're at the front as well.
3: i in the yard in the front. What's
5: The gates, they've broken them. Mama, I'll hold me. Go upstairs to your room. I can't... She's fainted, ma'am. Carry her upstairs.
3: I'm
5: shaking. Oh, then I shall carry her here. Find out.
6: Dara, come with us. The... I advise you to keep away from the window in the Those poor
5: creatures. Hundreds
1: of starving faces.
3: I'm sorry you're at such risk here with us, but if you can keep your courage for five minutes, the soldiers will be soldiers? here. Soldiers? Yes, I said You
1: coward. You'll stand here and let them be cut to pieces by soldiers? They're
3: wild beasts. They're
1: human beings driven mad with hunger. Oh,
3: look, they've turned to the mill door.
1: Go out there and speak to them before they become violent. Miss
3: Hale, you don't understand them. Are you
1: a man? I... Then go down there and reason with the man to man. They are beyond reason. You can make them listen to you if you want.
3: Very well, I will go.
6: You may bar the front door behind me. Go, go, go. Aye, and I'll stand here till every one of you is gone. Yes, go! Go back inside at well once. do have stones. Oh, Never at your bidding.
2: Don't be violent. Please. It won't come
6: They can't hear you. Go. Go peaceably while you can. Go. You a woman. Miss Hale. She's out cold. That stone was meant for thee, me, Thornton. But thou art hid behind a woman. Come and get me then, man. Come on. Here I stand. There's no one shielding me now. Beat me to death, if you will. you will never make me change my mind. Margaret. My Margaret. You are the
5: only woman I have happened. We saw the mob go. Are you hurt?
6: No, Mother. Miss Hayles.
5: She's not dead.
3: No. She's so
5: white.
6: She's lost a good deal of blood.
5: Mother? Margaret. Bleeding in her hair. We must fetch a surgeon. Where's Sarah? Well, she ran upstairs to her room. Well, I'm here now, Miss Fanny. Sarah, bring a basin and cloths and my eau de cologne at once. Yes, ma'am. Fanny, your handkerchief, quickly. Mine?
6: I'll go for Dr. Donaldson.
5: No, John, you go to the Irish. We could hear them crying out to go home. I'll see to Miss Hale.
6: Will she be all right?
5: She's badly stunned. I'll go for the doctor myself, if necessary.
6: Right, and call a cab to take her home.
5: Of course, John. Hurt in our house. Well, the poor girl has taken a terrible blow. And I'm trembling, Mother. Here
4: we are, ma'am. Careful, Sarah.
5: Fortunately, the wound is not as deep as I first feared. Horrible. They must have thrown a stone in our drawing room. Oh, how could they? Oh, she must have fainted in here and, and hit her head. Mrs Thornton, I don't know if I ought to tell you. Don't speak in half sentences. I were watching from my window. Miss Hale went out onto the front step with Mr Thornton.
4: Outside? And she threw herself upon the master and put her arms up round his neck. What? Yes, she did. Hugged him in front of all those men. I don't believe it. She wouldn't be so forward. I'm telling you what I saw. I know she's
5: fond of John, but she wouldn't... Have... Enough. Sarah, go and call a cab. Aww. Aww. She's crying. Oh, she's just coming too. Miss Hale. Am I here still? I must go. Steady now, or you'll faint again. Did I faint? Apparently, I was about to call the doctor. Oh, there's no need. Some fresh air.
1: You've cut your head. Who has? What's this?
5: I've put strips of plaster across it. Thank you, Mrs. Thornton. Well, I must be going. Yes, indeed, I've called a cab. No, no, I'll walk.
1: It's paid for. Why? How kind of you. Wait, I can't. I don't want my mother to be worried as to where I am. Suppose she hears of the riot. Margaret, weren't you frightened? Frightened?
5: Yes, Miss Hale. You are bolder than I thought.
1: Am I? Is she asleep?
3: Half an hour ago. I couldn't make her comfortable, tried the pillows this way and that. She's feverish with the heat. She was so worried. Oh,
4: dear, I was fine.
3: Mm, About Frederick, whether he will ever reach us. She's afraid that if he lands in England, he'll be arrested immediately and hanged Mm. before we hear of it, which is quite possible. Some days I wish you hadn't written that letter.
1: Whatever Mamma wants is what she needs, I believe.
3: At least waited and discussed it with me.
1: I acted out of feeling. Where have you been? I'm sorry,
3: I... It's hard to keep one's spirits up. Mm. We talked of Helston... The garden, but my mouth is so dry some moments I cannot speak.
1: Have you eaten?
3: Dixon brought a tray, but... Hmm. Where the Thornton's at home, did you ask for the waterbed? Hmm?
4: Yes. Yes, I did.
3: Margaret, you're not listening to me.
1: Oh, it's the heat tonight and I'm a little tired.
3: Yes, I'm exhausted, I'll admit it.
1: You go to bed now, Papa, I'll take over. <clears throat> I don't know how she had the courage. When I heard them shouting bulldog at you, I I went cold and sick inside. John, you have not touched your food. Sarah said, come to the window. They're throwing stones at your brother, but my legs went to jelly and that's when I fainted again. To think she was out there. I don't
6: want to hear this.
1: I'm sorry. I only mean to say that, that I think Miss Hale is a very brave person. Are you going to finish that peach, Fanny? As neither of you will say so.
5: What arrangements have you made with the police John?
6: regarding?
5: punishment of the rioters who have destroyed your property.
6: I'm going to the police office this evening
3: and on my way back I'll uh, deliver the water bed to the Hales.
5: tonight? you can't
3: go tonight it's too late. and to inquire after Miss Hale.
5: John Come back to me this evening. Tomorrow you can go to Miss Hale. No. Go tonight. Fanny. You must... You must
1: do what you want, John. Fanny. You are speaking out of turn.
5: Now go upstairs to your room. So I will. But I know what I know.
3: Mother,
6: you know I must ask Miss
3: Hale.
5: Yes. You are bound in honour. After such a display of feelings from her. Feelings? Don't be angry with me.
3: I hardly dare hope.
5: Is she such a princess? Oh. Well, at least she has shown her true colours at last and she may be worthy of you for such boldness.
3: I'll order the carriage.
5: Stay, John. After tonight, I will stand second in your life, please. This one last evening. Margaret?
0: Margaret? At you sleeping like a baby,
1: what was I like?
0: Well, an ugly little thing, to be frank, dear. It was Frederick had the looks curly hair and blue eyes. You had such big, solemn eyes even then, oh. but a nice smile. Didn't cry even when you were teething. Frederick, he howled, poor lamb. I had him to sleep beside me every night here in this bed <laughs> Don't know. I'm sure he is safe. How can we know? Because
1: if he was in danger you would know. You would feel it. Because you are his mother. Oh.
2: Come in. Good morning Mrs Hale. Oh. Is Miss Hale not awake? No, I'm... If these nights are too much for you, I'll take over again. That won't be necessary, Dixon. The waterbed has arrived.
0: Oh, how kind.
2: Mr Thornton came in person. He was asking particular how you are,
0: Miss. No. He must mean Mrs Hale. So I showed him into the drawing room. Margaret, fetch my pen and paper. Yes, ma'am. I'll write and thank Mrs Thornton at once. And you can take the note down with you. Here. Oh, and... Brush your hair, dear. Use something sticking in it. Yes, of course. Dixon, go and tell Mr. Thornton we'll be a few minutes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, what you'll do without me, dear, I don't know. Look at you. There's something on your collar.
1: I'll fetch a cream.
0: Take one of my lace ones that you starch so prettily. The Thorntons have been such good friends. I worry for you. They're the only friends you have in Milton. But that's not true. I have... Of got... quality. Who will see you properly settled?
4: Well, Papa... And...
0: Do you know? I shall ask Mrs Thornton today to pay me a visit. I will ask her, Margaret, to be a mother to you after I'm gone. But I'm sure... It's far away in Corfu. Mrs Thornton has two children of her own, hasn't she? Yes.
1: But, and they're um... not
0: married yet, are they? No then she will understand my worries and fears take this letter now and mind you are warm to mr thornton you were always so po-faced in his company margaret yes mamma good morning
3: oh i well, didn't Martha hear you. Didn't come down, but she's well thank you section. but i didn't come <clears throat> did you do this the oranges arranged so prettily with their leaves.
1: Someone sent them.
6: Margaret. I owe you an apology. Yesterday... No.
1: I sent you down into danger, and I apologise for that.
6: Oh, you spoke the truth Which to me. Which deserves
1: no special thanks.
6: More than this. I have a deep gratitude. You have
1: nothing to be grateful I for. I do,
6: and you must let me say Please. it. Please. Miss Hale.
1: No.
3: I owe you my life.
1: You exaggerate.
3: Henceforth, whenever I rejoice in being alive or take pride in a good day's work, I'll say to myself, I owe it to her. It doubles the gladness of every moment of being, Miss Hale, that I owe my life to the woman I love.
1: How can you speak to me so?
3: How? I've never loved before.
1: Stop. This is all you're imagining. No. Yes! Yes! I think, when I shielded you yesterday, that I acted out of feelings for you. No. If you were a gentleman, yes, a gentleman, you would understand that any woman would have done this. You used her vulnerability to save a man's life. It does not mean... It does not.
3: I am not a gentleman, no. I am a man, so I will say what I feel. And
1: you insult me with it.
3: I know you
6: despise me, but you might believe that. I don't want to. Mm, I see that. Let go of my hand. Is it so repulsive to be loved by me?
1: What I did for you, Mr Thornton, I would have done for any man. I've
6: never loved any woman before. My life has been too absorbed in work. But now that I
3: do, I will always love you. How dare you? I'll never express it again, there. I've said it. Now I'll go.
2: Mr Thornton.
3: Yes?
1: We've always opposed each other. Let's not be angry anymore. You've been very kind to my mother and father.
6: Good day, Miss Hale.
3: I'm looking for a coach to Milton. Where's that? It's not local. It's in the north. Ah. Well, you'll have to go up to London, make inquiries there. Uh, uh, Does your coach go to London? No, sir. There's one stops outside the Plymouth Arms at 10. Thank you. Kiki. Come on then. Come on. Yeah. Good morning. Could you? Good morning, Lennox. I've nothing for you to spend on Jane. No, no, no. You misunderstand me. Do I? I merely wanted to ask you about that gentleman off the Spanish ship. Where's he going? What's it to you, Mr. Lennox? I knows him. I didn't take him to be an opium dealer. Too handsome. Uh, right, right. He's a Navy man. It, it was a Navy man. We sailed together many years ago. He uh, owes me something. Does he? Poor man. Well, he asked for a London coach. There's a shilling.
1: And there <coughs> shall be a new heaven and a new earth. It's no use reading to me, miss. I'm blaspheming in me head. There's such anger of what happened yesterday. I'm sorry I didn't come. My mother, she's very ill now. So did you not hear about the riot at Marlborough Mill? Yes, but your father wasn't there, was he? Of course not. Don't look so worried. It was a committee meeting. Only he's been out ever since. Scouring the streets for him is through the first stone. Oh, dear. We've had Judas living next door all along, it turns out. <coughs> Steady. <coughs> what do you mean? Boucher threw a stone at he killed Thornton's sister. How do you know it was Boucher threw it? How do you know? He we was seen. Mrs. Boucher's taken to her bed with the shock of it. Won't your dad want to protect her? Why should he? All his work undone by a fool. He's a good man to turn Boucher over to the police himself. They'll only want the
0: ringleader, surely. Aye, there's warrants out for their arrest. But Thornton's put out a reward for naming whoever threw that stone. Let's pray
1: for forgiveness, Bessie. And for peace in this weary town.
0: Peace has gone from me forever. The strike was to be our salvation, and now it's our
6: ruin. Hello, Mother. Hello, John. Do you know I want the lamp lit? I can
5: see well enough in the dusk. I'm only sorting linen. I sent Fanny up to bed.
6: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be out all day.
5: Well, I'm sure you have plenty to talk about.
6: (laughs) I've been walking.
5: These dumbest napkins are from my marriage. We never use them. I've unpicked my initials. I'll sew hers in now.
3: Miss Hale refused me.
5: She cannot. Why? Her honor.
6: Because
3: she doesn't love me mother.
5: Then I hate her.
3: Don't say that. I love her still.
5: I thought I'd lost you today and, and now to see you suffering so if you won't hate her then I will.
6: No one cares for me, but you
5: and A mother's love is from God and holds fast forever.
3: Oh, uh, I have a note here from Mrs. Hale. What does she want now? A visit.
6: She's dying. We must do what we can for her.
5: Does she think I have so much leisure
3: time?
6: I'm going to my office. I must look over the contract from Dieppe and see if I can postpone our delivery for a few days. Belfast weavers are slow on our machines.
5: The warrants have come for you to sign for the arrest of the riot leaders. John!
6: Leave them. And they have found the man who threw the stone! They will all be punished enough by those who knew them. Let us talk no more
3: of love and hatred.
6: Good morning, sir.
3: First class? Step up here, sir. Any luggage? Only this bag. Thank you. I must sit this carriage. Can I see your ticket, sir? My ticket. Here. Third class is down the other end of the platform. I see.
0: It's most kind of you to call, Mrs Thornton.
5: I came because my son asked me to.
0: I'm not well, and I... So I have heard. I don't expect to live much longer. Would you sit here for a moment? I prefer to stand. Margaret will soon be unmothered. We all stand alone before God. You have a daughter? Yes, Fanny. Is she promised in marriage yet? No. Then you must feel some of the anxieties I do. Who will look after them when we are gone? Your daughter has a strong will of her own, it seems to me. She is a girl of twenty, in a strange town. She needs a friend.
5: You wish me to be a friend to Miss Hale? Please, call her Margaret.
0: You will promise me then?
5: I cannot promise to be a friend. Oh, however, as it is your request. I promise that if I ever see her doing wrong, I'll tell her so, truthfully and plainly.
0: Oh, Margaret is not one to do wrong. What she needs is, is some tenderness.
5: It's not in my nature to show affection, whether I feel it or not. But I will watch her conduct for you and give her my advice.
0: Thank you. That means so much to me. Will you take this? It was my prayer book at my wedding, and I should like Margaret to have it one day when she weds. Very well. Goodbye, Mrs Thornton. Dixon! Dixon!
2: Dixon. Yes, miss, I heard it. I'm fetching a lamp. Be careful. I've put the chain on. Excuse me. Who do you want, sir?
3: Miss Hale, my sister.
2: <laughs> Margaret. Margaret.
3: <laughs> Is mother still alive?
2: Yes, mother's alive. Oh,
3: Margaret, my little <laughs> sister. Why, look at you. Look, you've grown up.
2: Now you wake your parents. Shh.
3: <laughs> A dark, damp citadel.
1: Ooh. In the daylight, you'll see there's a fine view to the moors from the upstairs window. We've put Mama's couch there, so she has some light and air.
3: Air? In Milton? What on what earth-possessed Papa ever to leave Helston.
1: Mamma will wait.
3: What a shock to see her sleeping face. It's so old and grave.
1: Papa couldn't remain in the church any longer, Frederick. I wrote and explained it all to you.
3: Yes. Although I was never so devout as you, sister.
1: And Papa goes through enough self-recrimination, you know, that it doesn't show it. So please don't ask him about it. I'm
3: angry, Margaret. Aren't you angry too? It's killing Mama. It's quite clear she's pining away. I don't know the cause. And you, at your age. You should be out dancing every night, not making up the fire and scrubbing potatoes. Come here. Look at your hands. Your poor hands. So dainty. Long, tapering fingers. Does no man cherish these hands yet?
1: I'm quite content here. Besides, my and papa need me too much to think of any other life at present.
3: No. You sit down and let me do the fire.
1: This is like a dream, to watch you here at last.
3: Shh. Ah.
1: Dixon says there's an art to making up a fire, and you're either born with it or you're not.
3: Deary me, if Dixon has been your only soulmate, no wonder you frown all the time.
4: Do I? Well,
3: it's only a little frown, and it's quite appealing. What a serious young lady you have become. Have I? Mind you, you were a very serious little girl. Do you remember when I climbed the wall and stole an apple from next door and you scolded we me? We had
1: an orchard of our own.
3: <laughs> ah, yes. But stolen apples taste sweeter.
1: Frederick, are you still in danger of your life? Shh, shh, shh,
3: Don't think of that tonight, Margaret. Think of us here and our childhood in Hilston.
1: Do you remember that? Why,
3: well, are you surprised?
1: Well, all the exotic places you've travelled.
3: There is only one home. Yes. And we are both exiles from it. Look at your eyes. They are quite beautiful, but too sad.
1: Oh, Frederick, Mama was beginning to love me so. And we've learned to understand each other, mm-hmm. and now death comes to snap us apart.
3: Oh, poor little woman. To be been nursing your mother alone like this. <laughs>
1: Dixon has been very kind to Mama, tending her every need.
3: I dare say. She was always fiercely jealous, guarded Mama as if she were porcelain, and we were skittles to be kept <laughs> away from her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can remember how to laugh.
1: <laughs> Won't you come back to England? If we organised a retrial, couldn't you prove you acted honourably?
3: I have no faith in the British Navy to organise a fair trial. They like to make an example of those who speak out against injustice by hanging them... Besides, I no longer consider myself an Englishman.
1: What do you mean?
3: One can make a new home. You know that, Margaret. And none better than one you make with your beloved. I have met the sweetest woman in Cadiz who will one day be your sister-in-law. She's called Dolores, and you will like... No, 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 that is too poor a word. You will love her when you meet her. When you're to marry! <laughs> yes, uh, but I must tell you, Margaret, that I have also left the Church of England.
1: You're not an unbeliever. Not at
3: all. I'm going to be re-baptised. Why? For the sake of Dolores and her family, I am becoming a Roman Catholic.
1: Oh, Frederick, don't mention this to Mama, will you? Whatever you do.
3: Of course not. <laughs>
1: What is she like? Is she pretty?
3: Pretty? Why, Why? open my pocketbook. This? Yes, and draw from it that lock of hair. Yes. Now, what do you think?
1: I think it is beautiful, silky <laughs> black hair. And now imagine
3: she wears it in a long plait to her waist. You will come out to stay with us and we will make you dance <laughs> again.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Miss the yes, Papa. Look at here
1: everything will be good again
3: sir no not now. don't tell me it's you Frederick not now
2: Papa the
3: shock probably and your mother dying yes it's all too bad and too late it is not too late to love a little Papa Are you my son yes and see what a fortunate man you are, sir, with a son and a daughter at your side.
6: Mother? Come in. I'm not keeping you awake.
5: I don't sleep so well. Hmm. I saw the lamp on your desk.
6: I thought I'd go through these figures again. We have two thirds of the cotton ready for the ep.
5: It's a simple decision. You must sack the Irish and re-employ the Milton men at a lower wage. Then we may regain our lost time.
3: No, it's not as simple as that. Mm. But the most curious breakfast I ever had, by far... What, Frederick? Can you guess, Papa? In Mexico... Uh, Cactus. Oh, no,
0: imagine the prickle. We give up.
3: Rattlesnake. No. Yes, yes, and do you know, roasted over a fire, it is like a capon. Oh, my goodness. And here we can only offer you muffins. (laughs) Another bite, please, Margaret. Here. Mm. Oh, well,
0: now you've got honey on your chin. Oh, Frederick, you're my baby again. For as long as I hold your hands, Margaret will have to feed you mouthfuls. Mm. Uh, I
3: will sit here all day like this if it pleases you.
0: Oh, yes. We can make all our meals picnics round the bed. Except when Dr Donaldson comes. Oh, dear. What have you seen? This
3: business of a court-martial, I've been thinking. Papa. If we found you a truly reliable lawyer... I'm afraid a lawyer might turn me over to the police and take the £100 reward on the spot. There are honourable lawyers. That fellow you knew in your Harley Street days, Margaret, his brother married Edith. Henry Lennox. Why, are you blushing? No. You could write to him, couldn't you? Trust him with our family secret?
1: Yes, I will write. If you will help me, Frederick.
3: I understand you. It will be a business letter only.
0: Never. It will never happen to me. Fanny, what is Oh, this? go away. You don't understand. You have no desire to marry. Never, ever, ever. I've grown too old. Look. Look in the
4: mirror. See how pale and... I'm growing old. Calm
1: yourself. Calm yourself? Yes, that's you, isn't it? Stop it. Nothing. Nobody, nobody cares in this house. Right. You You have your world, 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 but I'll be stuck forever in this house. all good this commotion? No dancing, good. no music, no parties, no... I sit and branches the piano all day. For whom? Nobody listens.
5: Hold her. Here.
6: Fanny is afraid she will never marry.
5: Oh, and you think marriage is a guarantee of happiness, do you? It would be! It would be something new. Something new? Read this, John. What is it? A letter from Mr. Bell that rent is owing.
6: Yes, I asked him if I could postpone payment during the strike. And when we've completed the delivery to Dieppe, you we'll give le- this
5: behind my back? But you'll be asking for loans next.
6: Yes, that may well be.
5: What do you mean, John? What do you mean?
6: After cloth was returned from Dieppe this morning. They don't consider the quality to be up to standard. I will have to employ Milton Weavers again. And if not? We might lose the mill.
5: Gambling? Lose the mill?
1: Will we be homeless again?
3: That is possible.
1: How can you say that so coldly? You don't care about anything, do you? That's not true. Oh,
4: except your imports and exports dancing a jig.
1: I
6: do care. I do.
3: Fresh fruit, fresh peaches, lovely peaches, peaches, grapes, (laughs) pears. What will you have? Frederick. What have you got there? Let me see. Such pears. And so prettily
0: laid out on their leaves. Uh, When uh, did you get them?
3: Oh, uh, they're not my doing. A man brought them to the door just now.
1: Frederick, you mustn't open the door to anyone. It was
3: only a tradesman.
1: Did the man ask who you are?
3: No, why should he? My dear, white peaches. Are they soft? Perfectly right.
1: What did he look like, this tradesman?
3: Uh, Very tall, glum fellow. Made of Milton iron, I dare say, with a brow carved out of granite. Ah, uh, we know who that is. Not a tradesman at all, but an eminent manufacturer. How kind of him. You mean he was the chap you were telling me about the other night, Margaret? Was I? Then you are starved of dancing partners indeed. Come, come and waltz with your old brother to console yourself. <laughs> yeah. Here I go. Excuse me! Master.
1: Here I go.
2: What is it, Dixon? That young woman called again at the back door. It's about her sister, Bessie.
4: Lift the shroud back, if you
2: like.
1: I never saw a dead person before.
4: Our Bessie.
1: She's at peace, isn't she?
4: Aye. At last. I did her the best I could. I put her in Mum's dress that we kept. Seeing as Bessie never married, I thought she might as well wear it now. I brought a cap of mine as yours. She wanted particular to be buried in something of yours. Talked about you all the time. Kept asking for you, even at the end. I'm sorry I wasn't here. Her last words to me were to keep our dad from turning to drink. Then she closed her eyes. She didn't fear death,
1: as some of us do. Goodbye, Bessie.
3: You've no reason to visit us now, have you?
4: Hello, Dad. Hello, Mr Higgins. I came to pay my respects. Where have you been,
3: Dad? Don't mind me, Mary.
1: I'm so sorry, Mr Higgins.
3: All folk must die. But she were before her time.
4: I hope she didn't suffer too much at the end.
1: I
3: didn't see her die! I wasn't here. Dad's
4: cut up because he was at the union committee when Bessie died. I sent word, but it were too late. I'm off out. Wait, Dad, don't, please. Remember Bessie's last
3: words. So you say. How do I know?
4: I'd like to talk to you. Would
3: you? Would you now? Yes. About fancy paradise notions? No. Get out of me way. I... No.
4: She was so afraid you'd come to
3: this. Can't a man have a drink when he's down?
4: Mr Higgins, have you had your tea yet?
3: What? No. I... Then
1: I'd like to invite you to come home with me and take tea with my father, would you?
3: Oh, He's a parson, isn't he?
1: He was. He's a dissenter.
3: Well, 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 I dare say I have a few questions for a dissenting Christian. Mary? No.
4: I'll stay here with Bessie, but thank you, Miss.
3: Thoughts that do often lie too deep for tears.
0: I would like to have seen the hills where Mr Wordsworth walked
3: not unlike the moors you can see from the window, mamma. Papa!
0: Oh! What is it, dear? I have made a very rash invitation. To whom? A weaver. I've asked him to tea.
3: <laughs> Margaret, you are a wild Democrat.
0: What if Frederick is seen? The weaver need not come upstairs.
3: Besides, Mariah can't receive guests today. You'd better show him to my study.
0: I already have.
3: Oh, dear. And, Papa. What?
1: Don't mind too much what he says to you. He is a little drunk. And he is an unbeliever. <clears throat>
0: What's that?
3: Oh... Uh, it's Bessie's father.
0: Now I've spoiled your reading together. Frederick can continue, can't you, my darling?
3: I doubt I can do it as well as Papa. i
0: better ask Dixon to prepare some tea. Read me There Was a Boy.
3: And then she'll hush you to sleep like a lullaby. Now, are you settled?
0: Plump the pillows as you did them before.
3: <sighs> no. Oh,
0: thank you. And then, Frederick, your hand in mine, please.
3: Of course. Lot of books. Yes. Well, it's very interesting to have the opportunity to talk to a Milton Weaver. I've met some of your fellow men on the streets, of course, but not to converse. You're a parson who's out of work, I understand. Uh, Yes, that's... A man in the same fix as myself. The strike's over. Failed. Did you know that, Miss Hale?
4: Because of the riot.
3: Aye, the Union's command was to keep the peace, but certain men brought their word. You didn't calculate for human passions getting in the way of reason... There's an unfortunate tendency in Milton to treat people as if they're parts of machinery. You know, do you, sir?
1: Papa is only You'll find work again, won't you? You're a famous worker, I've heard.
3: When Hamper opens his gates again, I'll not be waiting outside. Why? Yes, some cant about wages finding their own level. How a strike only forces them up for a while and then they'll drop again. Indeed. Capital and labour. I have a book here, my dear. book t- stuff? The truth can't be shaped right. out in words like sheet iron.
1: I wish the masters and men would meet and talk. It seems to me you have the same interests at heart.
3: You think they'd listen to us? Thornton might. Might he not, Margaret? I don't know. My daughter has a prejudice against Mr. Thornton even greater than yours, Mr. Higgins. Oh. Well, she might. Thornton's the worst of the lot. How? Oh. Sending for the Irish that drove Boucher and all to riot, and then going soft when it comes to punishing them. Is he? He's decided not to press charges, say they'll get punishment enough from us that knows them. Well, that's true. More than that would be revenge.
1: You're very angry with Boucher.
3: He broke his word. I thought he believed in the union.
1: How did he come to be a union member if he was so opposed to its principles?
3: Well, if a man don't belong, no-one will speak to him, well or sick. Not even if he works at a loom two yards from you.
1: That's tyranny. Mr Higgins, how can you condemn the masters when you practise such bullying on your own folk?
3: The union sounds more of a curse than a salvation. It's a curse made by the masters. Their fathers ground our fathers to dust, and we must stand up now against injustice on lives gone. Can you
1: forget? forget.
3: With my own Bessie lying dead in my home? Has any man said a prayer for Bessie? No one would think to. Then, if you like, we could kneel together now and ask for peace for all our souls. We who know so little but have faith. Mama! Oh, my Mariah. Am I too late? No. Frederick was no. with her. <gasps> oh, Margaret. What oh. am I to do?
1: I am here, Papa. I spoke to the vicar at Crampton Church.
2: I believe that's where Mama wanted I
3: to be. I cannot even go to Mama's funeral. I cannot go, cannot be seen.
2: There's two letters came for you, Miss Hale, and one for you, Mr. Hale. Thank you, Dixon. It's
3: a reply from Mr. Bell.
2: Is he coming to the funeral?
3: No, he cannot.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
3: He says he's unable to cancel his Oxford lectures for that day. He will make a visit to Milton in two weeks, if that's acceptable.
1: That would be a comfort for you. And here is good news. A letter from Henry Lennox. He says he will meet you, Frederick, at his chambers in London.
3: Is it worth it now?
1: For
2: us.
3: Yes, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. It's so dark this morning.
2: Autumn setting in, Master Frederick. We get these fogs in Milton.
3: How soon can
2: he... He says he can't promise much.
1: To search out witnesses from ten years ago will be hard and... Oh, he can't meet you until next week.
3: Mm. Well, there's no hurry, is there?
1: But still, that's some good news, isn't it?
3: Nothing settled.
2: Drink some tea, won't you, Papa? Shall I bring some muffins? Don't worry, Dixon. You want to keep your strength up, miss. You'll have to manage everything now. And this letter is from Edith. See the stamp, Frederick?
4: Hmm.
2: Were you over in Corfu? Hmm?
0: Edith
1: writes, The sky is always blue, and the band plays from dawn till dusk, And grapes are as common as blackberries. Sholto is a darling baby. You must see him. Cosmo is getting stout. He's organised a picnic this afternoon with the officers of The Hazard at Anchor in the Bay. And um, she asked after you, Papa. And, oh, do you still have my Indian shawl? That's the one you like, Papa. Mm. It's so hot, I tried to wear my Indian shawl at a picnic, but I was smothered. So I made it into a capital carpet for us all to sit on. When you come and visit, don't bring warm clothes. Tell your... The air here will do her good.
3: Margaret, how can you be so calm? I only meant... He was weeping all night. I couldn't sleep.
1: He won't even let me take his hand.
3: I must write to Mr Thornton today. Why, Papa? To be my companion at the funeral
1: don't ask mr thornton
3: i need someone beside me margaret or i'll break down utterly i cannot go alone
1: but i'll be with you
3: don't be foolish
1: what do you mean
3: my dear women of your class do not go to funerals
1: why ever not
3: because being unable to control their emotions they are liable to display too much feeling in public
1: I won't.
5: Sarah, that's not how you empty the grate, is it? Sorry, ma'am. Fetch your dustpan.
3: Mother,
6: a note from Mr Hale, informing us of the funeral of Mrs Hale on Thursday morning.
3: Well,
5: we can send the carriage.
6: You won't send the empty carriage.
5: It's known as a mark of respect.
6: A hollow one for distant relatives.
5: You regard those people as your friends.
6: Mr. Hale has been a great teacher to me over the past year and a half.
5: And I notice you gave up Latin and Greek lessons when the strike began. They didn't prove so useful after all.
6: Pressure of work. Mr. Hale quite understands. Well, mother, how shall we reply to this note?
5: I will send the carriage.
3: Then I will go on foot.
5: Come away, Ned.
1: We must leave her
3: Leave her
1: You're getting cold
3: Hold me Margaret I try to bear it I know it's God's will but what Pray for me I have no faith to pray Good morning sir
4: Miss Mr Higgins
3: Can I help you there Come on. Steady, sir.
4: Thank you.
3: I hope you don't mind me coming by. I I wanted to show my respects.
4: No, of course not.
3: Rest by the gate a minute, sir. Oh, yes. Even Mr Thornton must have a heart in him somewhere.
1: Mr Thornton?
3: I've never seen Mr Thornton turn out like that. Stood there humble with the rest of us. Do you have any spoiled fruit you know, give to a hungry traveller? I'm serving this lady here. Oh, are you? Begging your pardon, ma'am, I'm sure.
2: Thank you. Yes, and two pounds of pears. That will be all.
3: My boy will deliver the box this afternoon. It's the Hales in Crampton, isn't it? Yes, thank you. you. Wait. I don't give money I would away... ask for charity of you, Miss Dixon. We're old friends. You're quite mistaken. Hampshire friends. Oh, have you forgotten all your southern acquaintances, Miss Dixon? Is it still Miss? Are you married now?
2: I... I, I... Mr I...
3: Leonard's. Of course, you've not seen me for many years. Ten, is it? since I sailed away on the Orion with young Master Frederick. No. Ah, I reckon that would jog the memory. Having a pleasant stay with you, is he?
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, very
3: good, yes. Worth keeping it a secret, isn't it, Miss Dixon? He's a valuable asset, isn't he? Worth, what is it, a hundred pounds? Let
2: go. Listen,
3: I nearly snared him myself. However, seeing as you're going to lead me to the door, we could split the reward, couldn't we? Fifty pounds set you up well in life, wouldn't it now?
2: Help! Help! This vagabond has taken my purse! Cush
3: you!
1: We must be brave, Dixon, and sort Mother's clothes today.
2: Yes, Miss.
1: Where shall we begin?
2: You decide, Miss. Her dresses. Very well. Oh, no, I can't.
5: The hats.
1: No, the night dresses. Let's begin with those.
2: If that's what you want.
1: We'll empty the drawers onto the bed
2: and then we can... What are you going to do with them all? Parcel them up for the almshouse and some for the church. And then we can... Yes, her shawls. And what's this? A cap your mother embroidered for Frederick when he was a baby. She liked to have it by her. Oh, oh Miss! I'm sorry, I've been trying not to. But that... Miss, I'm so frightened, I don't know what to do. What is it? Master Frederick, I've put him in so much danger, so I have. What do you mean? You ought to leave here immediately this very evening. He's been recognised.
1: Twenty past six. We have ten minutes until the London train, Frederick. Let's walk down this part of the
3: field. Leave me now, Margaret, and take a cab home. How
1: can I go until I've seen you safely off? Besides, I promised Papa...
3: Leonard's wouldn't think of coming to this station so far out of town.
1: If he has been watching the house, he will have followed
3: us here. Look, it's nearly dark and I won't be seen. I don't like to think of you making your way back alone. Oh,
1: I've grown quite fearless in Moulton, you know, walking about by myself.
3: I think you won't allow yourself to be afraid. Look, let's sit here on the stile.
1: Will you write and tell me what Henry Lennox says, as soon as you've had the meeting?
3: By the very next post.
1: I wish you didn't have to wait about in London for a few days. Look, as
3: soon as I've met with Lennox, I'll take a boat to France and await news of a trial. But
1: where will you go in London,
3: supposing? Don't you're... worry for me. I've become an expert at hiding over the years. Oh, I'll miss you. You'll come to Cadiz before long, I'm sure. Think about that, hmm?
0: Frederick, someone is coming, listen. Oh, sh- shh.
3: Oh, my poor sister, you're so full of anxiety. Why can we hide? It's better to remain still.
0: Put your face against my shoulder. There, not a word.
6: Good evening,
0: Miss
2: Hale. Good evening.
3: Who was that?
4: It was Mr. Thornton.
3: Well, if he is a gentleman, as Papa says, then he will not say a word. Oh, Margaret, you're shaking.
1: You are all I have left in the world, Frederick. Apart from Papa.
3: And you are my only sister and very precious.
1: What if I lose you? What if you are captured and hung all because I wrote that
2: letter that brought you home?
3: Margaret, I have only one belief in life. If you do a deed, and it is a bungle, then you must do another deed, a bigger deed, to make it better. You can never wipe the slate clean, but you can write a new line on top.
1: The signal is down. The London train is coming. Did you hear me? Yes, I did. Well,
3: we must go now.
1: Frederick, I love you.
3: And I love you. Here, get this door. You are so strong. See? We've done it.
1: Get in the carriage and check for
3: Excuse me, miss. Ow. What do you think you're oh, what the hell? You're... Just time. No. No, you don't.
1: No.
0: Yeah.
1: Quick! Jump in! Uh.
4: Where did you say he was? He came along here drunk and swearing at me
3: You were waiting for the train?
4: Mrs Thornton sent me to collect a parcel
3: oh, I can't see anyone on the platform The
4: gentleman pushed him off the edge down there
3: Well, the gentleman's gone to London We don't know who he was
4: No, but the lady That was definitely Miss Hale Dear
2: God, let Frederick be safe My cape smells of. Miss Hale, there's a police inspector here. He wants to see you. Did he name it? No, miss. I dare say it's about nothing at all. Why, look at the black marks on your cape, the soot from those dirty engines. Let me see to it, miss. And wash those hands. Thank you, Dixon. You're quite sure he did not mention Frederick. He only asked if you lived here and if he could speak to you. i uh, I showed him into the drawing room. Take care, Papa does not come in. I said couldn't I satisfy him upon the matter, but he insisted on speaking to you. Well, I am ready.
3: It's about a man injured in a fight at Outwood Station last night. A fight? A man was seen to approach a young lady. There was a scuffle, and the gentleman with her struck the man down before getting on the London train. I see. The fall didn't seem serious at the time, but the man had some internal complaint, and he'd been drinking. And the consequence is he died last night. Died? Died? So we need to speak to the young lady who was there? Yes. A witness has identified that young lady as you.
1: I was not there.
3: I see. I may have to call on you again.
1: I was not there.
3: I will have to speak to the magistrate.
1: Magistrate?
3: I may have to summon you to appear at the inquest and prove an alibi.
1: Yes, I see.
3: You do understand how serious this is?
1: I do. Is there anything else?
3: No. Hey, that would a twizzle, eh? Whose hi. is it? I'm... Is it yours, Lizzie? No, had it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, try and get yeah. it Go on.
4: Quiet I'm down. On. Let Mr Higgins alone.
3: What is it, Higgins? I heard a rumour. Oh, aye. Is it true? It's not true. Look at them. They're starving. I'm starving. The union will keep us going. It ain't enough. I Poor Jack Sickly. He's on at me every minute. I need work. Where are you going to ask? I've a chance at Ampers, where I worked before. Ampers? You've taken a pledge against the Union? After the Union fought for thee? I don't care about that. You go against every man and woman that's fought for your rights, you and me. It's for the children. You hide behind them, you weak little man. No! You ruined our plans with your rioting and your cowardly stone-throwing. Oh, oh, you done with you. You know what to expect from us, voucher. I'm sorry for you, missus.
2: I don't know what he'd do without work.
3: He'd be a man.
2: Where's Bessie gone, Mr
3: Higgins? Paradise, lass. Where no one cheats on you. Good afternoon, Watson. Good afternoon, sir. What can I do for you? It's about Leonard, sir. Oh, yes. I believe you were the magistrate who took a statement from him at the infirmary before he died. That's right. He was very drunk. Incoherent nonsense, I'm afraid. I thought you should know we have a witness who saw him being pushed over at the station. Good. He was pushed by a young gentleman. Have you questioned him? No, he got straight on the train. I see. The thing is, sir, the witness says there was a lady with the gentleman. Someone I believe you know. Who was it? Miss Margaret Hale. But she says she wasn't there at the time. Miss Hale denies she was there? Yes, sir, most firmly. What evening was it? What time? About six o'clock, Thursday evening. And since there will be a coroner's inquest, I thought I'd better ask you what I should do quite right. I don't like to doubt the word of a respectable young woman but our witness is so certain of what she saw. Mm. Mm. Take no steps until you've seen me again. The young lady will expect me to call.
6: Come to me again at my warehouse at four. Sir.
3: Good afternoon.
6: Good afternoon, ma'am. This is Inspector Watson who came to talk about Leonard's statement, mother.
5: Oh, I remember you. My son uh, appointed you. Indeed. Well, I'm pleased to see you're doing so well.
6: Thank
3: you. I'll be on my way.
5: Well, John. Everything is clear to me now.
3: What is clear to you?
5: Sarah has just told me that she saw Miss Hale at Outwood Station the night Leonard's died. Yes? Walking up and down with a young gentleman. I already
6: knew of it. She has the right to walk where she pleases.
5: After dark with a young man? You believe he is a lover, I suppose?
6: Yes,
3: mother.
5: Well, I made a promise to Mrs Hale that I would not allow her daughter to go wrong without remonstration.
6: I do not see that she d- did any harm that evening.
5: I thought she had some true passion in her. But she pretended a regard for you, drew you on, just so she could play you off against this other lover. She did
6: not pretend. In
5: any case, I will go and warn her about her disgrace. Well, she needs
3: counsel. I will give it. Never fear. Be gentle to her. She may be in need of kindness and tenderness.
5: I never promised Mrs Hale kindness and tenderness towards her daughter. If Miss Hale's character is ruined... Her
3: character is not ruined.
5: John, you, you seem to take her part. If Fanny had been
3: seen... She may be in some distress. What distress? I don't know, but as you have been a good, kind mother to me, go to her, gain her confidence.
5: Well, I shall speak to her as I think she needs. I I can't be kind to her, John.
3: You know best how a mother advises her daughter.
5: Is there anything you know but haven't
3: told me? I cannot say. I'm not certain of anything.
5: John, is not a mother's confidence worth more than this girl? I
3: cannot say anything more. Oh, John.
2: I should think you deserve a rest, Miss. It takes my mind off things. Who's that? He wouldn't come by the back.
4: Please. Miss, I've come about some work. What work? If you've out to do, Miss. Well, I don't know. What makes you think you could work here? Is it Mary Higgins? Come in, Mary. Oh, thank you, Miss Hale.
1: You can see we are all at work, but I think we could find something for you to do. Thank you, Miss. Well, what
4: can you do, girl? I can cook. Oh, saved your potatoes from boiling over,
2: remember? You did, it's true. Well, that's a start. And Miss Dixon is an excellent teacher. Aren't you? I'll see to the front door. Now, Mary, run along and mind you're here seven o'clock sharp tomorrow morning. Yes, Miss. Thank you, Miss. How's
4: your father, Mary? I worry. He's no work and... What is it? He took Bessie's passing very hard. I will ask my father to call on him. Thank you. A lady to see
2: you, Miss Hale. I've shown her to the drawing room. I'll go up at once. Goodbye, Mary. Since you're still here, Mary, you can help me see about the master's luncheon.
5: You've been working in the kitchen, I see.
2: Oh, the apron. I
1: apologise, Mrs Thornton.
5: Well, at least you don't give yourself airs, I suppose. I don't mind kitchen
1: work. We don't have enough money for a proper cook.
5: So I see. I only wish Fanny had half your strength. Thank you. Now, Miss Hale, you're wondering why I called... I am grateful for your attention to me. I promised your mother before she died that I would act as a mother towards you. To offer guidance, for example, should you appear to behave in any way wrongly. Oh, Mrs Thornton. This duty I must now perform. Yes. Yes, of course. I heard this from a servant. Heard what? You were seen at Outwood Station? Yes. Late, in the evening, walking about with a young man. I would not have believed it, but that my own son confirmed it. Have you nothing to say? What can I say? Have you no thought for your reputation? My reputation? If my daughter had been seen in the same circumstances, I would have thought it a great disgrace. Mrs. Thornton, do you know what you are saying? Well enough, Miss Hale. For your mother's sake, I must warn you against such improprieties. My mother never meant me to be exposed to insult, I'm sure. Insult? Yes.
1: You have insulted me. I do not see why you have any reason to accuse me in this way.
5: You are a proud young woman. You rejected my son? What other woman in the world would have done so? It cannot have been a surprise to him. In my view, you are not worthy of him. Yes. But you drew him into proposal. Never! No doubt to play him off against this other gentleman. I will not listen to this! You have a fine temper, I see. Is this why you came? Because of your son? What has he told you about me? Nothing. He has said no word against you then I will not justify myself to you. I shall be sorry to see your acquaintance with my family cut off. I shall not interfere any further.
1: Mrs Thornton, I...
5: I do not wish to lose your friendship. I have done my duty by your poor mother. I shall not feel it necessary to call again.
3: I am sorry to have given you trouble, Miss Hale... There will be no inquest after all. Oh? I have the magistrate's note here.
1: May I see? This is Mr Thornton's signature.
3: Yes, he was the magistrate.
1: I didn't know. And Mr Thornton cancelled the inquest?
3: Yes, he spoke to the surgeon. Apparently, Leonard's was drunk and full of opiates when he died. Cause of death was liver failure.
1: You spoke to Mr Thornton yourself? I did, ma'am. You told him I was not there? I did. And this is the end of the matter.
3: No, I'm pleased to say it is. Thank you, Inspector. Sit down, uh, sit down. No fire, I'm afraid, but you're warmly welcome, Mr. Hale.
1: We thought we should have a good chance of finding you just after dinner time.
3: Well, my dinner hour stretches all the day. You're pretty sure to find me. We have had our sorrows too since we saw you. Aye, sorrows is more plentiful than dinners just now.
1: We brought you some scones that Mary made.
3: Mary, she made scones. You want to watch she's not set in the house for you?
1: We are very pleased with her. She is a quick learner.
3: She never learned anything in her life. I'm only sorry we can't pay her more. You shouldn't be paying her at all. I nearly threw her out of the house when she told me she asked you for work.
1: We are very glad to help.
3: Aye, but I don't need charity. Have some money by.
1: Why haven't you been back to Hampers?
3: I'll never go near the place again. Why have I not? Well, let me ask you a question. You get paid for your teaching work. Yes, I do. Them as pays you, they tell you what to do or not to do with the money they gives you? Certainly not. Would you stand for it if they did? I would have to be very desperate to submit to such terms. Yeah, then. I'll never be so desperate as to promise I won't give my penny to the union to stop turnouts from starving. In consequence, I won't ask Hamper for work.
1: Is such a rule enforced at all the mills?
3: I can't say, but there it is at Hamper's
1: isn't the Union partly to blame for its troubles? Doesn't it sometimes act like a tyrant too?
3: It's the only way working men can get their rights, by all joining together. If you go against the Union, you get what you deserve, like that fool Boucher. What has he done? He'd wrecked our chances in the strike with his rioting. Now he goes grovelling to Amber asking for work.
1: Wouldn't it have been better to have left him alone, not forced him to join in the first place?
3: He'd be happy to take the union's money. Well, if the man was so desperate, was it not right to seek where he could? A man must have a principle and stick to it. Well, yes, I... I don't know. I'll say this for Amper. He has principles right enough. He drove Boucher away. Wouldn't listen to him. And for that, I'll thank him until my dying day. Mr
1: Higgins, how can you be so harsh?
3: Anyways, I'm sick of Milton, and Milton's sick of me. I've a mind to try me? luck down south.
1: Her ways are so different, so slow. You wouldn't bear the dullness of it. You mustn't go, Nicholas.
3: Oh, that's fine. Coming from you with all your grand talk of the South has set me thinking of it. Could you not ask at Marlborough Mill for work? At Thornton's? Yes. I reckon he'd sooner be burnt at the stake.
1: Couldn't you at least ask him? I should be glad if you would. I'm sure he would listen.
3: You do him some justice at last, Margaret. His sort never listen.
1: Why don't you at least try? It- Higgin, for the come. Whatever is it? Higgins.
3: More sorrows, no doubt. Will they come. It's never John Boucher who found him in the brook. He hadn't the courage, sure. Lay with his face down, hardly enough water to cover him.
2: Nicholas, who is
1: it?
3: Margaret.
2: Oh.
1: Cover his face. It's so swollen.
3: It's so red. Ah, that's the dye on the brook.
1: Use my handkerchief.
3: Thank you, miss. Again, let's go tell his wife. Don't ask me. I can't go. Do it quick. We can't leave him here long. We wasn't friends. Somebody must go. Then I will go. Good afternoon, Mr Hale. Ah, oh, John. Good Afternoon. Here's Mr Bell from Oxford. <laughs> I'm pleased to make your acquaintance again, sir. And yours, sir. And yours. Miss Hale.
1: Good afternoon.
3: Well, she looks well, Thornton, don't you think? Yes. Yes, indeed. Don't you find something a little more striking than that to praise her with? Miss Hale needs no words of mine to enhance her beauty. Very well, Thornton, very well.
2: Sir, this letter has just arrived from Mr Henry
3: Lennox. Thank you, Dixon. Would you excuse me, gentlemen? Margaret, would you read it for me, please? Yes. Are your mills fully working now, Thornton?
6: They're never closed, but I'm taking back some of the hands. Not all of them.
1: Oh, Father, the meeting mm. in London was fruitless. No, not the
6: uh, ringleader's... Gentleman is right.
1: safely aboard ship
0: and bound
6: for Spain. You know oh, are. thanks, Peter Cox. You see, yeah, well known, yeah. I knew he'd be safe the moment you put him on the London train. <laughs> oh. oh, allow me, Miss I Hale. i attend to
3: it, don't you worry. Now you have the forces of intellect and business quite at your service, Margaret, what would you have them do?
1: I... I would have them learn from each other, as I have been trying to learn.
3: Would you take the side of Oxford against the headlong rush for material advantage?
1: I admire the energy and industry of this town.
3: Really, Miss Hale? You become a red Republican. Everyone rushes over each other, striving for money. Is not that so, Thornton? Money is not what I strive for. (laughs) I wonder when you Milton men intend to live...
1: Edith says she finds the printed calicoes in Corfu better and cheaper than in London.
3: Does she? I think you must exaggerate, Margaret. Are you sure of it?
1: I am sure she says so.
3: If Margaret says it is true, I believe it. Is Miss Hale so remarkable for truth? You're very bitter this evening. No doubt you've suffered some loss in this recent strike business and are smarting because of it.
6: You are right, sir. I apologise for my lack of humour. Indeed, I find I must return to my office. I have some... Business that will not wait, even at this hour.
3: Well, I never saw a fellow so spoiled by success. Can't bear a jest of any kind. He's become vain, full of high dignity.
1: He is not like himself. Something has upset him.
3: That's his clerk going now. You may as well give up. The master went a long time ago. I can see a light in Thornton's office. I'll wait here all night if I have to. Only thing as will fill your belly in it'll be the cold night air. Well, you're welcome to it. You know, I could swear there was an extra flush in Margaret's cheeks this evening. Did it ever strike you there might be something between her and Thornton? An extraordinary idea, I'm sure you're mistaken. Some very pretty symptoms, I'd say. If anything, Margaret avoids him. Doesn't seem to like him at all, almost rude to him at times. I'm an old bachelor so I suppose I know nothing about it. Such a thing has never entered her head. And I hope Thornton's not thinking of her, for I'm quite sure she wouldn't have him. She's very precious to me, my little pearl. She's gone straight to an old man's heart. I don't worry about her if anything should happen to me. You know I intend to make her my heiress. I've no idea. Always intended it, my friend. Anyway, you see me off. (laughs) You must bring her to Oxford at the earliest opportunity. See if I can find a match for her, eh?
1: came to say night. You have an early start in the morning, I think.
3: I was just saying to your father, you must both come to visit me in Oxford.
1: Yes, Papa. you would benefit from a change, don't you think?
3: I have thought sometimes a visit to old friends would be very pleasant. That's settled, then. You shall come the moment I see some signs of spring. Good night, Mr Thornton. Mr Thornton, sir. I must speak to you. Who's it? Higgins, sir. A union man.
6: You are one of the strike leaders, weren't you? I was, sir. What do you want with me? I want work. You come asking me? You don't want impudence, that's clear. I'm
3: asking you a civil question. I'd be grateful for a civil answer. I've turned away hundred men for following you and the likes of you. Don't waste any more of your time. I'd not speak a word of harm, I promise you. As long as you did right by us. Well, you don't think too little of yourself. You can ask Hamper about my being a good hand. Hamper had a great loss of you, then. How came he to let you and your wisdom go? I wouldn't give the pledge against the Union. So I'm free to make another engagement. Ah, so you can lay up money for another strike, I suppose? No. To keep the widow and children of a man who was driven mad by them Irish of yours. How so? Put out of his place by a paddy who didn't know weft from war. You'd better find
6: something else than if that's your intention. As far from Milton as possible, if you've any sense. I'm
3: only asking for the children. I won't say I don't believe your good intentions, though it's a pretty unlikely story. Oh, I wouldn't have troubled you. Only a bid to ask by one who thought you had a soft place in your heart. That's enough of your impudence now. See, we're mistook. I'm not the first man to be misled by a woman. Well, tell her to mind her own business next time. Women are at the bottom of every plague in this world. Be off with you. I'm obliged to you for your kindness and for your civil way of saying goodbye. Porter. Good evening, sir. How long was that man waiting for me to come out? Five hours at least, sir. Are you sure you won't change your mind and come with me?
1: I am sure, Papa. I have many things to occupy me, and besides, I want to be here in case there's news of Frederick.
3: I feel this separation very keenly.
4: I too, Papa.
3: You're. So dear to my heart.
4: Dearest Papa.
1: But there are people who need me here.
3: Are they? Very well, child. Goodbye,
6: my dear.
1: Goodbye, Papa the cream the cream
5: no 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 what about this ostentation fanny oh mama don't you want me to look the most fashionable bride in milton why couldn't you let your brother put everything into the hands of a london dressmaker without all this fuss fuss what's the point of getting married if one could not have fuss
1: now this looks pretty in the candlelight don't you think just Hair's here madam
5: i didn't think to see her in this house again fanny oh,
1: she appreciates me mother good afternoon mrs thornton Fanny? Margaret at last. Fanny, whatever. Yes? Is there to be? I'm to be married. Isn't it thrilling? (laughs) Mama is no help at all, and I simply must choose the material today. I don't know where to start. What colour silk? Should I have sprigs? And what about the shawl? Oh, Margaret, you must help me. I'm so happy for you, Mrs. Thornton. You must be delighted. Who is the... I have accepted a proposal from Mr. Clegg. Oh, wait till you see him. Is he very handsome? He's a little older, well, 50, and he's very sensible. But, Margaret, he's very rich. Do you love him? He's such a dear. Oh, Fanny. I must look my best for him, and you must advise me. Your taste is so exquisite. You will
5: excuse me, Miss Hale, if I leave you and Fanny to deliberate by yourselves. (sighs) She's grown
1: so dull I can't wait to leave it. February is a cold and cheerless time of year. My brother John is glum all the time and spends every spare moment at that factory of his instead of being here to admire his sister's wedding preparations. When my cousin Edith was married there was sunlight everywhere and roses. Does she live in a grand house in London? No, she's in Corfu. Corfu? Where on earth is that? It's an island near Greece. Edith's husband Captain in is stationed there. Well, I must tell John he's learning all about the Greeks. Edith's so pretty. She has a baby boy. To be sitting in the sun and playing with a little darling. That would be cheerful, don't you think? How about this one? Let me see. I know. I'll hold them up against you. Stand under the chandelier. Oh, how well they set you off. (laughs) Not too well, or I shall be quite eclipsed. This pale silk is good, not too shiny. You don't think it's too dull? Turn around. well... Oh, John! Just in time! Is it Margaret, the perfect model? She thinks this silk is fine, but I don't know. What do you think?
6: I think it is very fine, if Miss Hale admires it.
1: Well, it looks very well on her, but does it set off my complexion, I wonder? You will look beautiful, whatever you choose, Fanny. I'm a little tired and giddy. If you will excuse me, I will return home. You haven't had tea yet. No matter. Goodbye, Fanny, Mr. Thornton.
3: Goodbye, Miss Hale.
1: Did you know Margaret has family abroad?
6: No, I did not.
1: Apparently she's going to live with them. Corfu. You have kept the grave so neat, Nicholas.
3: Aye. She were a one for dreaming of flowers.
1: Here are the snowdrops. My favourite plants. You arrange them.
3: Nay. Yeah. She liked the feel of your hand. Tender on her cheek.
1: Have you seen the delicate green line that goes all round the petal? Oh, I. There, Bessie. The simplest and most beautiful this earth has to offer. Oh, lass. How did you get on with the book I gave you?
3: I tugged at it, you can be sure, but the words fair danced in front of me, rights and wrongs, capital and labour, till I could hardly fix in my mind which was which...
1: Mr Payne's book should be read by factory workers and owners and then perhaps they would debate with more reason and less hatred.
3: I can't see Hamper and Thornton and the rest concerning themselves with the rights of man.
1: You do Mr Thornton an injustice, I'm sure.
3: Not after the way he spoke to me.
1: Oh. Did he refuse you work, then?
3: In a very incivil manner. I told him I'd not come to ask myself, but that you'd bid me to see if there was a soft place in his heart.
1: You told him I sent you?
3: I don't think I said it was you by name... And he said... To tell you to mind your own business. I see. Never mind, I'll break stones on the road before I let the little uns starve.
1: I'm sorry I asked you to go. I am disappointed in him.
3: I better be getting back. The children will be fretting.
1: I will come with you, if I may, to see Mrs.
3: Boucher. Mr. Higgins,
0: look, the gentleman gave me a penny.
3: It's more than he ever gave me. What's for dinner? Not but a scrap of beef lash, and I paid too dear for that. Run along to your mother now.
6: Was it Miss Hale with you in the street just now? Aye, it were. Was she the lady who bid you to see me?
3: Aye. You might have told me. And you might have been more civil about her. Did you tell her what I said? Aye, I did.
6: Well. Was that the child you mentioned? One of them. How many others are there? Seven.
3: Do none of them go to school? Have no money for schooling. I
6: spoke to you about those children in a way I had no business to do. I did not believe you. I've not forgotten. I could not have acted as you have done after what happened between you and Boucher. How do you know about that? I've made inquiries. You spoke the truth.
3: I'm sorry. You've no business planning to what happened between Boucher and me.
6: He's dead and I'm sorry. That's enough. I've come to ask you, will you take work with me? Well, master.
3: Work is work to such as me. I'll come, and what's more, thank you. That's a great deal coming from me.
6: I'll shake your hand, and that's a great deal coming from me.
1: Goodbye, Mrs Boucher. Miss Hale. Oh, good afternoon.
6: I am pleased to tell you that I've taken Higgins on.
1: I am glad.
6: He tells me you sent him to me. Yes. I was not very polite to him.
1: You had a perfect right to your opinion.
6: I was hasty, and I repented.
1: I hope he told you the exact truth.
6: Very few people do. I have given up hoping for it. Miss Hale, have you no explanation for me?
3: No word of what you said to Watson ever passed my lips. I speak only as a friend of your father. You understand? If I had any other hope, it is all given up. Please. My only interest is as a friend. Hmm? You do believe me? Yes. I thought perhaps you might have something to say, that you might trust me now, just as a friend.
1: I cannot tell you. The secret is another person's to explain would do him harm.
3: Very well. If you are quite convinced that any foolish passion on my part is entirely over, I wish you good afternoon.
0: I would...
1: I would like to regain your good opinion of me, but I can say nothing more.
3: You may believe that you have my good opinion. Bye. John, you are
5: we missed you this evening. Mr Clegg is visiting. He has a speculation on the stock market to offer.
6: Ah, it's too risky.
5: You could speak to him about it.
6: I have to attend to these accounts. I must go to the app this week about the investment. The strikers hurt us badly.
5: Then why? you setting up this dining room for the hands. Surely that's an unnecessary expense.
6: It pays for itself, Mother.
5: It smacks a charity and meddling in the lives of the workers.
6: Well, a few weeks ago I might have said so myself. But I've seen how close to starving some of them are, and it set me thinking. If provisions could be bought wholesale, the men could save money and get better quality. If they're better fed, they will be more productive.
5: I trust you to do the right thing, John. What do the men think of it?
6: Well, I discussed it with that Higgins. Now he's claiming he thought of the scheme.
2: Two letters for me. I don't know. How I shall manage? Very easily. You managed before... She marches in here and tells me, proud as punch, that she's been taken on as cook at Thornton's Mill. A tribute to your teaching skills. Mr Thornton has no right to go poaching my staff. Now I shall have to start all over again. If I can find anyone... I'm sure you will. What is the news of Master Frederick?
1: He is back in Spain and is to marry Dolores in the summer and has been received into her father's business as a partner. Frederick in trade... Listen how he writes of England. All hopes of clearing my name are lost, and so I renounce my country. If it were in my power, I would unnative myself, and I would not take my pardon were it offered on a plate of gold.
2: Oh, Frederick.
1: Never to come back.
2: Oh, miss.
1: He is safe. That is what matters. Perhaps you could
2: visit him in Spain for the marriage. Yes. And you shall come with me, dear old Dixon. Spain is a popish country, isn't it? Yes. And Master Frederick's bride is a papist. Yes. I should be in terror of my soul all the time I was there. Dixon!
1: Edith's letter says she's coming home. The climate doesn't suit the baby, Captain Lennox is selling out, and they are all returning to Harley Street. We may even be back by the time you read these words. Oh, to see them again in the old place, my room, to think of all that's happened since I last slept there.
6: Yes? Good morning. Forgive me for troubling you, but I wondered if I might see around your garden. It was very dear to a friend of mine at one time.
3: Dear to a friend of yours?
6: Yes, I was just
3: passing... You are from the north, are you not? Are you trade? The
6: former incumbent, the Reverend Hale, is a friend of mine. Oh, well. Poor old Hale. Lost his faith, so I gather. Well, well, help yourself. It's very much altered since Hale was here.
3: Is it you? Mr. Bell. I am very glad to see you. It will make this journey pass much more easily. Have you been conducting business in the south? I've been to Dieppe to chase some investment. Hmm. Chasing, speculating, rush, rush. You feeling unwell? I have bitter, bitter news to break to Margaret. That is why I'm travelling to Milton. Her father is dead. Mr. Hale, dead? Yes. But I can't properly believe it. Last night he went to bed, to all appearances perfectly well. And this morning, stone-cold dead. But where? I don't understand. In Oxford, he was staying with me. Hasn't set foot in the college for 17 years. And then... And Margaret. What of her? Hale was talking so proudly of her last night. I hardly know what I shall say. But I take her as my child for her father's sake. And for her own. She's become very precious to me. A sweet, sweet daughter. An old
6: man doesn't expect to have
3: a new love in his life.
6: If there is anything I can do, then please. Thank you, Thornton.
3: That is most kind.
1: Mr Bell, don't tell me. I know it from your face. You wouldn't have left him if he was still alive. (laughs)
3: i am so sorry margaret so sorry it
6: was a peaceful end a very
3: peaceful end
6: mother i have offered mr bell a lodging while he is in milton i understand there is little room for him at the Hales.
5: i shall be glad for your sake to make him comfortable He's easily accommodated.
2: John, John, Mr. Clegg has just told me. What do
1: you think? He has made twenty thousand pounds on the stock market today. Twenty thousand pounds! Oh, let's put all those silly fabrics aside and order something much better. Oh, just think how my house shall look.
5: Are you not pleased for me, John? Your brother has many things on his mind, Fanny. And I've already given the order for your dress.
1: Oh, can't we change it? I don't want to let Mr. Clegg down. It is
5: our money that buys the dress, and I do not believe Mr. Clegg will be in any way disappointed by the arrangements we have made.
4: Oh, Mother!
5: Pardon, ma'am,
3: but Mr. Bell is here. Forgive my intrusion, madam. I hope your son will have given you notice of my coming. You're very welcome indeed, Mr.
5: Bell. I am pleased to be able to give you shelter. You may be certain you are amongst friends.
3: Very kind of you, very kind
5: how is miss
3: hale very broken down too weak and miserable to have a will of her own she must
5: indeed be weak poor margaret i shall go and visit her
3: i doubt you will get near she is descended upon by protecting relatives with the consequence that even i am cast out of the inner circle
5: it is well for her she has such a friend as you
3: thank you ma'am I wanted to take her back to Oxford with me, but now Aunt Shaw has arrived in a cloud of ribbons and maids and hatboxes, and I don't quite know how to do for the best.
1: Well, I should certainly like to pay my respects.
3: If only Frederick could claim her. Frederick? Who's he? Don't you know? Her brother. Surely you knew of him? Not until this moment. He was in the Navy. Involved in that mutiny, poor fellow. Lives in Spain. I did not know she had a brother. Does he never come to England? Liable to be arrested. The moment he sets foot on English soil, he will grieve at missing his father's funeral as well. He was not here when his mother died? Well, no, of course not. He would be risking... Are for... quite sure? I would have known about it. I was there. Whatever makes you ask.
6: Well, I saw a young man walking with Miss Hale one day. About that time. Oh,
3: that would have been another of those Lennoxes. Uh, the lawyer, probably. Henry Lennox...
6: Who wrote the letter?
3: Yes. He was always somewhere about, I believe. Mm.
0: Margaret has
1: a lover. Well. I don't know. What? The books, miss. Oh. I'll keep these. That pile is for Mr Bell. And these? No, those I'm giving to friends.
2: Uh, Master's Bible.
0: I
1: think Papa would have wanted me to give it to Nicholas Higgins. I'll take it to him this
0: afternoon. We must get you out of this horrid air, Margaret. No wonder you're so pale. I'll open the window to get some spring air into your lungs. You'll do no such thing, Dixon. Now, let us see if there's anything else in the dining room you would like before the man from the auctioneers comes. I have shown Dixon everything I want to keep. Is this going to Higgins as well?
1: What? Oh, the Wordsworth, no. I've put that aside for Mr
0: Thornton. Who is Mr Thornton? A friend. I'll take it when I bid farewell to my friends this afternoon. I don't think there will be time for visiting, Margaret. But, Aunt, I cannot leave without saying goodbye. The carriage won't be here, and I shall be needed when Captain Lennox arrives. I don't need to trouble you. I shall walk quite happily. Walk? Through those streets? On your own? I won't hear of it, Margaret. But, Aunt, they are the same streets I have walked through for the past two years. Oh, my dear, the deprivation you have had to put up with. But now it is all at an end.
3: They said you was ill when I tried to call, and it's true. You don't look like the same wench.
1: I don't think I am, Nicholas.
3: I'm very sorry for the old gentleman. Thank you. But I knew you'd come and say farewell, even though Mr Thornton said you wouldn't have time for the likes of us now. You're going to be a grand lady up in London, aren't you?
1: Not a grand lady. I have brought you my father's Bible. He would have wanted you to have it.
3: Oh, lass. The old gentleman was as good a man as ever lived. He had a deal to bear and he bought it nobly.
1: I have bought something for Mary, too. My mother's cookery, but... Why,
3: well, bless you for the interest you took in her.
1: She's a good woman and she deserves to do well for herself. I would also like something to remind me of Bessie. Do you think you could spare me any little thing?
3: I hardly know what to say. She didn't have much worth having in this life.
1: A little cup. Do you think you could spare that?
3: With all my heart, lass. With all my heart. Sorry, miss. The master has given strict instructions not to be disturbed. He and Mrs. Thornton are meeting with Mr. Bell and a financial gentleman. His clerk brought word no one at all was to be admitted to the house.
1: Oh, I would like to leave this book for him.
3: Yeah, well, what name is it, miss?
1: Hale. Margaret
3: Hale. Uh, I'll, I'll see that he gets it. Would you care to so leave a note?
4: No, thank you. Just just the book. <laughs> oh, Margaret, <laughs> do look at Sholto's shoes. Did you ever see such <laughs> sweet little things?
1: Greek. <laughs> They're perfectly charming.
4: Sholto, Sholto, darling, go to Margaret and show her your new shoes. Shoes! Yes, your new shoes. Show them to Margaret. Come and sit here. Yes, that's right. Now, let me see your new shoes.
2: I haven't expected to see you dressed at the sound market. She a
4: great want of manners not to be laying a bed so early in the morning. I shall try to be better in the future. Now, what shall your punishment be? A new dress for the Barclays dance tomorrow night, or... I know some lovely new chintz
2: for your room. What shall it be? I think Margaret has been so far remiss as to deserve both punishments at once. Oh,
0: yes. She shall not escape that. <laughs> <by me. laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Margaret. Hello, Sholto, darling. Margaret, Jeez. there's a letter for you from Mr. Bell. Thank you. Would you like to help me read it, Sholto? Now, Edith. I am to call on Mrs. Blake this morning, and Lady Carswell will be there. Shall you come with me?
4: We were planning to buy Margaret a new dress and some chintz to match the rug in her room. Lovely.
0: Perhaps you could all meet after we have been to the Blakes. Certainly, Mama. Though Mrs. Blake is a frightful old bore. It is, really. Well, Well, she is. What does Mr. Bell have to say, Margaret? He has sent me a railway ticket. Look.
1: He has invited me to go with him to visit Halston. Oh, Margaret... I don't know. I I really don't. I would so love to see it again, Aunt. It would do me good, I know
4: it. But what will we do without you here? It is only for a day or so. Sholto will miss you terribly. Won't you, Sholto?
0: Shoes! Oh, yes! Many improvements, or rather alterations, uh, since your day, Miss Hale. Well, we've had to with seven children and another one on the way (laughs) Here we are, building a nursery... Oh, excuse those little horses. Mind your feet, Mr Bell.
3: (laughs) Quite excellent. Yes, and very vivacious colours.
0: Oh, it's got to be nice and bright. Can't have all those gloomy old colours. Mr Hepworth is spending an enormous amount of money. Well, the house was scarcely habitable, and for all of us, I mean.
3: Now, look at the view from that window.
0: It matches the new window we had put in the study. We knocked through the wall. Mr Hepworth may sit at his desk and observe any of his parishioners passing.
3: And keep an eye on any tempted to enter the ale house, no doubt.
0: Quite, Mr Bell. There is also a door so my husband may run out and catch them as they go in.
3: Very satisfactory. Everything is arranged quite beautifully, Mrs. Hepworth. I congratulate you.
1: I find my feelings are less than I expected. It has changed so much.
3: The conservatory. See how we have thrown it out into the garden. Would that they'd thrown out everybody else as well. (laughs) Mr. Bell. (laughs) Oh, what a dear companion you are to me the light of my old age.
1: And you, you are kindness and thoughtfulness themselves to me in my loneliness when you are not being too mischievous to countenance.
3: I would ever be thus to have you scold so. (laughs) Uh, Tomorrow I must hand you back to those Lennoxes and return to my lonely cloister. But you must write to me and let me know of anything I can do to help you. Anything.
1: Oh, Mr Bell...
3: Is there something that's troubling you, my dear? Have I said something too strong?
1: No. There is something I did that was very wrong.
3: Not, my lovely Margaret.
1: May I tell you of it? It tortures me.
3: Well, I'm sure it can't be very terrible.
1: It was. I told a lie. A deliberate lie.
3: You must have had very strong reasons.
1: Yes, it was when Frederick came.
3: Frederick? came to this country
1: yes at the time of mama's death
3: i see i didn't know
1: papa never told you no i thought he would have not a word we all agreed we could say nothing at the time but
3: it needed to be so
1: a man saw fred at the station as we were waiting for the train fred was going to london to meet mr lennox before finding a ship This man recognised him, tried to hold on to him. Fred pushed him away and the man fell. Only a little fall. But later he died. My dear. Not as a result of the fall, but I was so worried about Fred's safety. Of
3: course.
1: Later, a police inspector came, said I and the gentleman had been seen. I told him I was not there. I told him
2: a lie.
3: With no thought for yourself, only for another. I I hope I should have done the same. We were seen at the station,
2: recognised
1: by Mr Thornton.
3: Ah.
4: I feel so degraded in his eyes.
3: Does it matter so very much? Yes.
4: Oh, what
1: can he think?
3: needn't worry about that any more.
1: He was the magistrate who stopped the inquest. He knew that I had lied. He covered up for me. He has never respected me since.
3: I'm sure he does respect you. Did you explain to him about Frederick?
1: Explain all our family
3: secrets? Well, he won't have known what to think, seeing you out walking with a young man.
1: He was my brother.
3: Thornton didn't know that.
1: No. I hadn't thought of it that way.
3: My darling girl, you suffered too much. Oh, Mr. Bell, I've tried to be strong. Now, isn't your business to be strong? <laughs> Though he has made me proud to see
1: I don't expect to see Mr. Thornton ever again, but would you speak to him on my behalf? Just to tell him the reason for my falsehood. Please. To clear my conscience with a friend. A friend? I shall never see him again.
3: You can rely on me to tell him. Enjoy your new life with a clear conscience. Thank you.
1: Thank you, dear Mr Bell.
3: Um, Master? Oh, I'm sorry, Higgins, I didn't see you. Have you heard anything of Miss Margaret lately? Miss who? Miss Margaret. Miss Hale. How is she? Uh, Everything has changed very suddenly.
6: What do you mean? Miss Hale is my landlord now. How come? Well, Mr Bell died a week ago and has left all his estate to Miss Hale.
3: Well, Well, Miss Hale, a landowner in Milton. Will she be coming to visit us?
6: Uh, I doubt it. Her agent, Mr Lennox, is dealing with the business.
3: And she's not got married?
6: No, not yet. Is the
3: young gentleman in the clear? Beg your pardon. Her brother has come over. And the missus died. Her brother? You needn't worry. Me and Mary knowed about it from Mary going to the house. He was over, is? Yes. Is he in the clear? I dunno. Her brother. I don't want to go prying or getting them into trouble. No, of course Are you sure it was her brother? Yes, why? I'm glad that's not so.
4: You can't sit and stare at the sea forever. Won't you come riding with us? No, thank you. But, my dear, I know he was very kind to you and left you fabulously rich, but you mustn't grieve so much for him. I grieve for him, for Papa, for Mamma, for Fred, for... Dear Margaret, I'm sorry I'm being an insensitive brute. No, you're a dear, darling friend. Sholto loves you. Everyone is devoted to you if I can just sit here and let the sea take my thoughts I'll leave you in peace why don't you let Henry take you for a walk along the shore
5: later is it bad, John?
3: yes it is bad
5: and you fear?
3: I fear nothing oh, then I must give up the business but the creditors can be paid.
5: Oh, John, my good, honest, tender boy, there is no justice.
3: It is hard, Mother. All oh, my plans come to nothing. What will you do? We will have to leave this house.
6: Shall you mind?
5: But to see you other than you are, it will break my heart.
3: I will be the same, John Thornton, whatever the circumstances.
5: Oh, my own dear son.
6: Hey, we have had hardship before. and You were brave
3: and strong then. You'll be strong for me now,
5: hmm? Oh, John, I cannot. God has seen fit to be very hard on you. Very. Margaret, here you are at last. I've only
4: been for a walk. I must say, you're looking better. Henry said he thought you looked ten years younger. Oh, which reminds me, there's an old friend of yours coming tonight. Henry's invited him. I do hope he isn't a bore. Who is it? Mr, um... Oh, you know, your tenant in Milton. Mr Thornton. Yes, that's it. Apparently he's in town on some legal business with Henry. It's very awkward. He won't drop his H's in front of our MP, will he?
3: Good evening, ladies.
4: Henry, it's too bad of you to bring this Mr Thornton to our party.
3: He's on his own in London. His business has crashed. Be nice to him, Edith.
4: Well, I suppose he can talk to Mr Colthurst about factories or something.
3: You just wait. Mr Colthurst's next speech in the house will be full of Thornton's wisdom your house will become a great political salon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, Thornton.
3: Just in time to see the ladies. Thornton, you say? No, allow me to introduce uh, Mr Thornton, the Milton manufacturer, Mr Colthurst, MP. Delighted, sir. Pleasure's all mine. Been wanted to meet you ever since I heard about your activities up in uh, Milton. Thank you, sir.
6: Sit <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, um, allow me, Miss her thank you
4: thank you mr thornton oh my word margaret such energy you have i'm quite faint now (laughs) eden mr thornton how do you do i hope your stay in london is a pleasant one
6: were it not for this evening i should say it will prove a sad affair oh
4: well will you take a glass of champagne
6: thank you
3: I've uh, heard all about the factory venture put in Thornton a full year before the act was passed. Has it paid off? In terms of health improvement, yes, I believe so. So you get higher productivity.
6: Yes, but well, that's uh, not... Describe
3: really well. to Mr Colthurst your most recent reforms. Well, experiments
6: rather than reforms. Oh. Well, at each stage of planning, personal contact between employer and workforce is imperative. Oh, yes. The two sides need to understand properly the other's position. I've appointed a spokesman from amongst the men. They generally don't hide their views with modesty.
1: Is Higgins involved in
6: this? Indeed, he's the most sceptical
3: and therefore the most useful. You call them experiments, though?
6: Mm, the results are not certain. I happen to believe that they are the very breath of the future, but uh, I cannot be certain. Unfortunately, I may never be since I... Another dance is starting.
3: Uh, Margaret, won't you and Mr Thornton take the floor? Uh, Edith! Most well, interesting, Mr Thornton. Unfortunately, I've been unsuccessful in business
6: and have to give up my position as master. I hope someday to continue, if I can find someone wise and brave enough to let me.
3: Well, I wish you a better fortune, Mr Thornton. Miss Hale... I uh, had a letter from Higgins stating the men's wish to work for me in the future if ever I was in a position. That was good, wasn't it?
1: Yes. Yes, it was good.
3: <laughs> Thank you for the book.
1: Oh, I'm glad you received it. I was sorry not to see you. I understood the reasons for it.
3: Mm, I also regretted but it.
1: May I? May I speak with you about something? Certainly, Miss Hayles. Would you be kind enough to call tomorrow? There is a financial matter.
6: Can we not discuss it now? Mr Lennox is here.
1: No, it is complicated. <laughs> I wish to make some formal arrangements. There will be papers to sign.
3: Very well, I shall call tomorrow.
1: At
4: 12? Well, that's it. Henry, is it all settled?
3: All what? <laughs> you and Margaret. If you mean what I think you do that will never be settled.
4: Oh, that's very vexing. And what's all the
3: fuss? There is no fuss. Margaret simply wished to make some arrangements. Mr Thornton is expected in an hour, and I have much to do. So, if you'll excuse me.
1: I'm so sorry to have kept you waiting. I don't know where he's got to. He could do this so much better than me.
3: Would you prefer me to go to his chambers?
1: No. No. I want to tell you how grieved I am to lose you as a tenant. Mr Lennox says things are sure to improve for you.
6: He knows nothing about it.
1: Pardon me, but he believes there is a strong probability of your redeeming what you have lost.
6: I'm too old Please,
1: let me finish. He has drawn up a proposal. Where is it? A proposal? Yes. Oh, here it is. Showing that if you would accept a loan from me of some £18,000 unused in the bank, you could pay me a much better interest and might go on with your business and your experiments. Miss Hale... The advantage is all on my side, I assure you.
6: Uh, Yes. Let me...
3: uh, I will need to calculate. Let me find... Let me find my pocketbook.
4: Rose petals.
1: The scent. Where did you get them from? Can you guess? From... Helston.
3: Yes. See you. They fit together.
1: You've been there?
3: Yes, I wanted to see where. Margaret. Tell me to leave.
1: John.
2: I am not good enough.
3: It is I who am not worthy.
2: Then we are equal at last. Margaret. What will your mother say to this?
3: I'll tell her. My future depends on this one.